Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? Welcome to the Road Podcast, Reflections of a DJ. I'm DJ Crooked. We have Jamie the Great. Yeah. We have DJ Never. Yo, what up? We have ja- shit. <laughs> we have DJ D Miles. Good afternoon. We got a special guest, uh, LA's own, very legendary DJ. Much, much respect. Thank you for coming through, Mr. Yeah. DJ Vice. Yeah. What up? What's good, man? Yeah. Thank Flew you, into Vegas early, which is rare. Yeah, we I appreciate was, that shit. I always man. take the last flight and just kind of throw my bag down <laughs> and go straight to the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is what Vegas looks like during the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, well, yep. I, I've seen it, I've seen Vegas in the day, but that's when you're leaving the Rhino at like nine a.m. <laughs> 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 we all understand that one. This is a. It's actually one of the rare, like, really nice days in Vegas. Yeah, it's like yeah. not yeah. a cloud in the sky. Yeah. The yeah. weather it's just like, like kicked yeah. in. It's like not too hot, but it's good. Nah, it's like yeah. Cali yeah. weather it's out here. LA weather. Yeah, it's before LA weather heat, right before now. Before the heat wave kicks in. Exactly. Yeah, Shit. I mean, thanks for coming through, man. We appreciate it. Yes. We uh, we have a history together. You have a history with Neva, mm-hmm. and um, I, I kind of I don't know about your beginning that much. Good, you know, good. So That's where we could talk on it. Yeah, <laughs> and it never actually brought up a funny story. Was when you battled in New York. Yeah, with Scribble. Wow. Wow, yeah, that was the, my that was actually my first time in New York. That was your first and they yeah. and you and you got treated like shit. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. That you was a right. dope moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that was like me getting th- like just dude, dragged through the mud in New yeah. York for the first time. Yeah. It's like welcome yep. to the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, straight yeah. up. It really was. Yeah. It was like yo, and the videos on YouTube, like some of it. I actually, I recently went back to it and saw the video. Yeah. And honestly, you got robbed. Oh, I, I got robbed. I, lo- I love Scribble. <laughs> That's the homie. Yeah. But you got robbed in that, that competition. But but for the, the I, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. And and for the East Coast, I think what I was doing, it didn't make sense. Mm. Like juggling and like flares. Right. And like, it was just. But that was like ahead of, it was ahead like, of the time. It was, it was very just, scratch pickle-ish that I was trying to do right. over there. Yeah. And like, they're like, what is but this guy doing? It was like doing? so clean and dope. Yeah. And, and, and. And it was and it was just a moment that I I was like oh shit like I didn't even care really about the battle I did I did I cared about it. I put a lot of work into trying to be a battle DJ which I was not mm-hmm. um, I just fucking was tripping that I was in New York City <laughs> <laughs> and that I was getting drinks thrown at me while I was battling and people wait, wait, were like okay. I didn't see so, all that okay so yeah. wait wait before we get into it let's set the scene right yeah. what year was this this is 1990 how how yeah, old were you around I was 19 you're 19 so I, I think I was like yeah 19 and, where was uh, this battle at. It was um, the Rose, Mountain, Mountain Dew uh, yeah. competition, right? And where was it? Roseland? The Mount, Roseland was Ballroom. Mountain Dew? Yeah. 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 Shit. And, and uh, little did I know from what I was told that the, that the deal was already set that Scribble was their uh. Uh, like Mountain Dew Who were the ambassador. judges? It was Funkmaster Fletz. Yep. Big Tigger. Big Tigger. DJ Scratch. Baker Boys. Baker Boys. Yeah. Damn. DJ Scratch, yeah. EPMP. I want to say it was Red Alert, one of the judges, or uh, he was just there hosting? Nah, nah. He was just there hanging, yeah. Okay, yeah. And Amanda from BET or something like that. One, uh, yeah, Some other girl right. host. Yeah, girl. What was Tigger doing there? <laughs> what the fuck is Tigger <laughs> yeah. doing there? Yeah, yeah He was know. big on Rap City at the time, so yeah. maybe that yeah, was... Yeah, Big Tigger was big. But it was, it was such a dope moment. Like, Flex was the host on yeah. stage, so I'm like... I had never even seen Flex in person, and I, I grew up, like, you know, recording all the Friday Night Flavors that they would broadcast in Los Angeles when mm-hmm. they would co-broadcast his uh, New York City show, and I was like, oh, shit, this is, like, 
Flex is saying my name on stage on the mic in New York City, and I'm 19 years old. This is crazy. This is fucking crazy. <laughs> Damn. He was like, anybody recording? I need and then this. some Jersey dude threw like a drink straight at me, and it like hit me. So what? Why? Why, <laughs> why did they? Why did? Why were they throwing drinks at you? Uh, so so the like, battle, what did you do? What so did the, you do? The battle was uh, like uh, maybe like 15 or 18 all radio DJs. So first of all, none of us were really battle DJs. We're all radio DJs, and they thought we'll we'll put all you guys on stage. To battle each other. Was it more like a party rocking thing? Uh, everyone was different. Some dude was playing like 45s, like reggae 45 oh, that, that was um, Tom LaRock. Tom LaRock. From Miami. Yes. Yeah. So Tom LaRock did it. And it, it was uh, um, DJ Nabs from Atlanta, yeah. mm -hmm. who's radio. And then Scribble was repping Hot 97. Was he Hot 97? I think so, yeah. Was, yeah. He was. Mm -hmm. And I was repping Power 106, the station I was coming from. And um, everyone was just doing their different thing. And my routine was I knew I was going to go against Scribble. Because I did my research I found out who all the DJs were from every radio station. I checked all their history, and I knew that I was going to go against him. I also envisioned a lot of shit. I didn't even know I was envisioning it back then, but I was already saying, all right, I'm going to be on stage against Scribble. What am I going to do? So I looked up, uh, Scribble had those Traffic Jam records that he put out, I yeah, think they yeah. were, mm -hmm. and his name was in it. And I was like, perfect. I'll diss the shit out of him with his name <laughs> in the yeah. record. And, I, and the routine that really got the crowd pissed in a good way, like that his boys were pissed, was um, the, the, Dre, the Dre line, like, I once knew a bitch named Mary Wright. Who used to, so I, I, was, I used to I go, I once knew a bitch named Scribble, knew a bitch named Scribble, knew a bitch named Scribble. And I looked at him and I spun the record back with nothing, nothing planned. I just looked at him and I go, lick on these balls and suck the dick. And then, <laughs> and then, and then, the, then, drink then the drinks came flying. <laughs> <laughs> no, because DJ Scribble was like the New Jersey, like Bridge and Tunnel DJ hero, yes. right? Yes. Like everyone loved him. He did like those MTV dance those, fever those spring, shows. That spring break stuff. Like he was yeah. really good with He was it, crushing right? it. Like, yeah. yo. And he was also down with young black teenagers. Yes. yes and yeah. I did that in the routine too. So, I didn't see that so clip, but. Th th none of that's out there. So I knew that was going to happen too. And I knew he was part of YBT. So, I, and it's a, it's a Mountain Dew battle. So he did his doubles and was taking his shirt off and like going back and forth right. and he was drinking a Mountain Dew. And then I did a whole nother disc routine and I ended it off with tap the bottle and twist the cap and just looked at him with middle fingers up. So oh, that's wow. when his boy's like, we're gonna kill this dude. Wow. We're gonna, we're gonna, Yo, you no, that like, come from LA and diss the shit out of That scribble. takes a lot of balls to do that shit, man. Coming from LA? Damn. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing like- And, and he's 19. I'm, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Wow. Scribble's probably like what, like 30? <laughs> 29? He, he could have been at the time, yeah. yeah and, and it was crazy because that was the first time I met Scribble and we ended up becoming boys. And, and I, I knew... But did he take it personally or was he laughing when you were doing the shit? I, I, don't, I don't know. I really don't know. But I know that he has the whole video and he still won't give it to me to this day. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've asked him for it. His boy was filming on the side of the stage. I was like, let me get a copy. He's like, nah. I'm good. <laughs> so, then, so then you got drinks thrown at you. Yeah. And then... Yeah. And, and, and then we battled and then... The judges couldn't come to a agreement. That's what they said. Wow. And they're like, you have to battle again, you and Scribble. So we went round two, which didn't make any sense. You're supposed to pick who won. Uh -huh. So they made us do it again. And then they go, okay, Scribble won. Mm. And then I go, okay, dope. They're like, first place, 10000 for Scribble. And I think I got second place. Uh, congratulations, you made it to New York. Your room's comped. And here's like 100 bucks for some food. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Yo, even Scratch said God. something about that. Yeah, Damn. Scratch is like Scratch on the video. Like, like, you're robbed. Yeah, you were right. robbed. You were robbed. So really? Yeah, so yeah. Scratch said that. And then, it was, and then at the end, they brought me on BET on Rap City and, and uh, sat me down at the Roseland Ballroom and Big Tigger and Flex is sitting there. And Flex, it was the illest moment 
for me as a DJ Flex is like, yo, remember the name, DJ Vikes, 19 years old, in his first DJ battle. Remember the name. Wow. And I was like, yeah. done. I was like, done. Made it. How, done. Did you, how did you feel, though, at the end of that, where you kind of like... I didn't even feel robbed. Yeah. I like, I, honestly, I didn't give a, I really didn't even feel raw. I was like, yo, I'm in But New you York. weren't like disheartened, like nah, after all of that. I wasn't shit. at nah. all. I, I, and, and I think it was just more, and it's so, the interview is so terrible what I say. I always cringe because I've watched it a couple of times. They're like, yo, Vice, first time in New York. What do you think? And it's Tigga on one side of me, Flex on the other. And I'm like, man, it's just so beautiful here. Because <laughs> I was tripping like no DJ in LA that I ever knew at that age. Like none of us go to New York. We weren't. No one got hired in New York. No, nah, yeah, no. New York DJs came to LA. We didn't get hired to go to New York. Mm -hmm. So it was like a mind blowing moment that I got brought out to New York to DJ. For me, the only time that happened again that I heard someone got booked from LA flying to New York was AM. Right. That was the yeah. first time I ever heard that. And I was like, oh, shit. And actually, one of the first DJs I heard coming from L.A. was Stone Rock. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think even before AM, wow. Stone Rock came to uh, New York. Yeah, that, that's like a big deal for an L.A.-based DJ to get booked in New York City. Even yeah. to me, to this day, like... It was, it was a big deal for us as DJs to be like, holy shit, they got an L.A. dude coming here? Yeah. Like, we want to hear yeah. what he does. Because like, Kid Capri yeah. would always be in L.A. Bismarck, he would all, like, be in L.A. all the time. And, like, you'd always hear that. Like, they'd be coming into yeah. L.A. and playing. Or Scribble or anything like that. But, like, L.A. DJs didn't go to New York for a minute. The Baker Boys weren't flying to New York to go DJ. Flex was flying to L.A. to DJ. Right. Mm -hmm. It just didn't happen. So I, I think I was just really, like, appreciative of the moment to be in New York City. And know that, like, oh, shit, how am yeah. I going to do this again to get back here? Mm, so yeah. it was a dope moment for me. So you were 19 then. Yeah, yeah. So how did it start? When did you start DJing? What what made you, like, want to get into it? And then how did you evolve into radio yeah. that quickly and then be able to get an opportunity at 19 like that? Yeah. Um, so I, I've been DJing with my own turntable since I was 12 years old. But I started buying vinyl at 10 because I saw a DJ playing at 10 years old. I'm 39 right now. I'll be 40 in October. Shit. So that puts it in perspective of how yeah. long this has been, the journey. So um, Who was that DJ? Yo, I just I just put it together because I have a really bad memory. It's probably from all the nights of us out and drinking <laughs> yeah. and tequila. And, and I bring tequila with me. Right. But it's, a, it's, um, it's like a family friend that we don't even know anymore, like of a cousin or something like that. But I pieced it together, and it was a moment. I was 10 years old at the back of an IHOP in Los Angeles was like a pancake spot that you can rent out to throw like family parties. So I'm back there at 10 years old, some dudes playing. And I remember this moment that there's some guys up there standing behind, which is now a DJ booth in coffee. I'm like, right. what's he doing? And why is everybody enjoying like the dance floor and partying because of him? Like reacting to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I'm like the little kid, like walking up to the side, I'm watching him and I'm like, okay, there's turntables, but like, what is he doing? Like, I don't get this. I don't know. We haven't, I haven't seen a hip hop video. Like, I we don't have MTV at home or any of that shit. So I'm like watching it and I'm like mind blown. And I always uh, related to like someone seeing Jordan Ball for the first time. They're like, oh, fuck, that's yeah. dope. I want to be, be a basketball player. So I'm watching him. I'm like, I want to do that because everybody on the dance floor is having a good time and it's because of him. Mm -hmm. So uh, two, about a year and a half passes and I'm over another family friend's house and he has turntables on a mixer. And I'm like, oh shit, there it is. That, that's what I've been searching for. Because my mind was already going crazy. Like, what was that? What was that? So um, luckily that family friend 
we would go to his house every so often, so he started teaching me how to DJ, and his name was DJ Splice. Um, not the Splice that we all know, yeah, it's a different DJ. Splice. You know, there's some, back in the day, everyone had the same name. There. Yeah, so it, so he had DJ Splice, and uh, at like, right before I was turning 12, he started teaching me how to DJ. Wow. And, uh, and at 12, like right around my 12th birthday, he bought me some shitty Technique SL1 belt drive turntables with a little pitch that you have to wheel it. Like belt drives. Belt drives, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And a pyramid mixer that had sound effect noises, like a fart noise, a laser. <laughs> this shit was crazy. This shit was so dope. Back then, I was like, yo, I got a laser. I got... So he bought me that shit and was like, you can come to every party I have to DJ because your parents will let you roll with me and you have to pay me back for this $300 setup I bought you. Mm. A used $300 Dude, setup. And that was a lot. That was nice, then. man. Yeah. yeah. That, that was shit? like, yeah. That yeah. was crazy. Because who does that? Like, even to this day, like, you're not going to, oh, here, I'm going to buy you all this shit. Come with, like, yeah. So I had to set up lights, bring this records, connect speakers, learn how to, like, just be the road man of right. all that shit. Mm-hmm. Not 12 years old? Yeah. Damn. Because my parents will let me roll with him because he was a little bit older than me. Right. So they were like, yeah, you can go out. So at 12. He's basically kind of family. So yeah. Like, they trust You're good. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was ni- 1992 that I actually started DJing. And I've never stopped. And Damn. I've never had a fucking job. You never had a real job? No. Damn. It's crazy. I've Damn. only DJed my whole life. So this <laughs> wow. shit better not end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're doing pretty well. You have a bright future. So, so, they, so it's, yeah, it's yeah. been my whole life. So how did you get into radio? So radio came about, um, I started DJing high school dances, weddings, barbecues, bar mitzvahs, quinceañeras, like everything and anything I was DJing them and listening to the radio because there was no other way to hear mix shows for me like other than radio. I didn't know how to find anything out. So I would listen to radio and I grew up, I listened to KDAY in LA, like the mix masters. And then I listened to uh, E-Man on the radio and Mm -hmm. Richard Humpty Vision. And I was like, yo, they get to play for all these people on the radio. Like... I need to f- I need to get on radio. So I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. When, when you were sorry to cut, yeah, you, no, cut you off. When you were starting out, what was the the main thing that you liked about it? Was it the party rocking? Was it like the crowd reaction? What was like you know? Was it the scratching, the technicalities yeah. of everything? What was? Nah, it? it was it was the party rocking. It was to see like that I can control the crowd like right. in in a positive way. Like I really did. I was like I've always been a crowd pleaser a people pleaser like the way i dj like right. i i was m- really into the fact of like can i keep everybody dancing and like that's what i want to do like i'm mm-hmm. good like that that'll keep me moving so but then being in la you get into the technical aspect of like I've, i listened to melody for the first time and i'm like oh shit like yeah. he would be cutting shit up and doubles and routines on the radio and i was like oh shit and then the only way i could see any kind of like east coast dj i would see like jazzy jeff in the background of a video or like I would see Jam, Jam Master J in the background of a video. So I never really got to see them DJing, but they had like the flyness to it, and, like the, the swag to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I was kind of piecing all this shit from all over the place. I'm glad that we didn't have YouTube. I'm glad we didn't have any way to fucking figure anything out because your imagination ran wild. And you had to just take from everybody pieces, pieces, pieces and make it your own style. So I was... I, so then from there, I was like, I need to get on radio because I need more people to hear my shit. Yeah. So I met the Baker Boys' older brother, rest in peace, Frank V. Um, and he had a promotion company that passed out cassette tapes and stickers. And it's crazy. I just pulled up yesterday. Someone just sent me, his daughter actually just sent me a picture. It's 1996 and I'm putting snipes up on a fucking pole. Damn. Wow. So that maybe that was my job. Like back then, I would do it to get free records. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a record pool and I talk to him i go i'll do anything you need me to do on the streets or whatever just to get free records so that's what 
opened the door to radio. His brothers was on radio, and I was like, oh, shit, I can make mixtapes now and put them on their desks right, right. and keep dropping them and dropping them. So that's what opened the door, and I was like, I'm going to fucking get on radio. This is my move. So it happened, like, right when I graduated high school, and I was not going to college. So I was like... I barely graduated high school, and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> I was like, I had to take fucking night school. I had to do everything just to get out really? of high school. Yeah, because I was like, lost. I was in music already. What high school did you go to? Eagle Rock. So I'm born and raised in L.A. So okay, Eagle cool. Rock is like a little suburb, like 15 minutes outside yeah, of Yeah, I'm, I'm from Silver Lake, so we're like okay, yeah. three neighborhoods. Before away. it was hipster. But yeah, before when it was the gunshots was yeah. <laughs> on York Street. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so I, I just hustled the shit out of radio and dropped mixtapes on desks, I probably made like 50 fucking mixtapes and like different ones. I kept dropping them on. T- and the Baker Boys would come to me. They'd be like, yo, we heard your mixtape. Uh, it's, it's cool, but you got to work on this. They would actually give me some That's feedback. Cool. So, yeah. so they had my back and they helped me out with that. But I used to get to be up at the radio station with their brother in the morning show. And like I saw all the artists roll through and I, I was around it. And, mm-hmm. I, and it was like I could, oh, the turntables are right there. I could be on the radio. And, it, and then it finally fucking happened like in 97. Like right, out, I got I graduated in '96 of high school when I was on the radio in '97, so perfect time. They just yeah. said like it's just a slot open. Yeah, uh, there was a DJ at the time on the radio that I guess fucked up or something because they were like, "We need you tonight to do a 30 minute mix, and we're gonna try you out." And there was no prep time to that mix. They're like, and there was no rules. Just keep it clean and play radio shit. So back then, I mean, I don't know how radio is now. I have no idea about radio. That's one of the things I have no idea what's going on. But back then, you could play whatever you want. Yeah, as long as you were in the lines of keep it radio. Keep like, no no curse words. Power had just switched from dance, dance hip hop to just hip hop. What year so was that? That was 90, 90, end of 96 going into 97. Okay. So they had just turned, they just changed the dance party station. So to, hey, during this time, were you lives. playing dance and everything? Yeah. Or were you playing yeah. hip hop most? Were you a hip hop head? I was always a hip hop DJ. Like my first 12 inches, Dougie Fresh, the show. Yeah. And yeah. like Peter Piper, those were like my first, like that I got doubles of. And I was like, oh, okay, this is my shit. Um, but I was also playing house music because in LA, like it, LA was so segregated. The Latin parties would play house music. The Asian parties I would play at, majority of them would all play hip-hop. And then I would play another type of Latin party that I had to play. It was called K-Rock Flashbacks. And I would be playing Violent Femmes, The Cure, Depeche Mode. And I would mm-hmm. be stealing like mm-hmm. my sister's records and shit to play those parties. <laughs> wow. So I might, my, I've always been all across the board because I played so much weddings and quinceañeras. Quinceañeras get that, you the yo, open format shit. All that shit. So I've, I've always had a mixed creative of records. But on radio, when I got on it, I became strictly just like hip hop on the radio yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it was and it was a dope moment cuz i tried out and they're like cool we're going to use you and i was like all right and they're like can we pay $100 an hour for mixing and i'm like oh shit that's a lot of money <laughs> yeah. i was like especially Hell. out of high school yo yeah. this is 97 yeah, when uh, i think uh fucking this shit was like five. Was it five dollars for minimum wage back then? It, easily, yeah. easily. And they said they're gonna pay you a hundred dollars an hour with no taxes taken out. I feel like that rate hasn't <laughs> yeah. changed at all, though. No, on not. radio. <laughs> oh, they, they probably not. They get paid from what I'm told. It's like minimum wage now. They so do. that an hour. We, by the time I got off radio, we were down to twenty five dollars an hour, and that was yeah, a long fucking what time. What year ago. was that? Oh, Shit, I've been off radio since two thousand four. Yeah, I know they pay like basically by market, yeah. but it's it's each market's minimum wage. Right. So right. in LA, Damn. New York, you're getting more, but here it's 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 the minimum wage for Vegas. You know what I mean? So oh yeah, it's changed. But it was it was so dope because that's I always give props to radio DJs because all of us play in clubs and we're out and we're rocking. And you feel the energy, and then you get thrown on radio and you're in a boxed little room, 
and there's like uh, at the time power had like over a million listeners mm -hmm. and you're like go ahead and go dj with no reaction no feedback no vibe you're in a little cubicle djing yeah. But there's more people listening to you than a nightclub. You got to be super clean. Clean, yeah. Clean as yeah. fuck. You can't yeah. mess up. Like in a club, you can fuck up a little bit. Right, you know? right. I, that happened to me a lot, too, when I was on radio. Like there were so many of the DJ homies that were starting to listen to me. And they'd be like, yo, I heard you. It was dope. And I heard that one mix. And you're like, oh, fuck. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> that one push or something on the side and someone will hear it and they'll call you out. Like right, it'll be right. on the phone call after. So it really trained, radio trained me to just to be a clean DJ. How to edit verses out like first verse go to the tv track on a 12 inch and outro on the tv track with the instrumental after right. that to mix the next song that was the radio where you really needed the instrumental yeah, and then you would then <laughs> you, you would go back to shit. The, yeah. i remember editing verses on you know, on the baker boys taught me all that how to edit a verse like on 112 only you how to go from the intro to the first verse to the to the to this the last verse out and like all that i remember so many records this like is that. this is and you would you would need to play the instrumental because they would need to play the calls or something right yes. yeah calls. like yes. the, yeah. the callers and sweeps yeah. and yeah. drops yeah what what was your time slot on um power when you uh, first started i started monday night local mix 10 to 10 30 p.m i just had a half an hour slot so i was only really getting 50 bucks when that's i started still that's, still, yeah. that's still good though was yeah. power still in burbank or yeah power still in burbank and and the dope thing was that radio still mattered so much that artists fucked with the djs heavy so they would like invite us to the sessions like i was at college drop i wanted like a couple of kanye sessions when he was doing college dropout That's fucking wild to, to like timbaland sessions to pharrell to white well, you, you guys were the distribution yeah you guys were distribution they yes. needed you if you didn't if they weren't nice to y'all right then you guys wouldn't play their records right yeah. and we had we had mixer meetings that everyone used to come through and talk to us and i remember when when like kanye came in for the first time and he was explaining how big he was going to be. And he was telling, and he was, yo, it was the craziest shit. He was telling us, like, yo, I'm going to be the biggest rapper. You, I, I produce for Jay. He's cool, but I'm going to be bigger than that. And, and all of us are exactly like, holding totally it in. This but, one but, but I was crazy. like, I, I, I had never been this is around. 2002, 2003? Yo, it, yeah, exactly. But even, I even been, then, it came off of arrogant as fuck. Arrogant right? as fuck. But I was like, I, I took a step back in my mind. I'm like, 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 how like what is he doing right now like what is this like what is he fucking doing right <laughs> and i'm like he's just envisioning how the big he's fucking gonna be like he believes in himself bigger than anybody else well don't you don't you think it's also a thing where i see a lot of motherfuckers do it and sometimes i even do it myself where if i keep saying it, 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 it i have happens. to do it yeah. i gotta make it happen yeah I, otherwise, I, otherwise i'm just a talk shit artist yeah but <laughs> as you keep saying it saying it it becomes more real and real because you know I mean? it's 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 psyching yourself yeah out, but it's right? also scary to speak like I, I actually so my we're gonna get into all some crazy shit my wife's a life coach so she coaches me all the time on shit so but i correct people when they like the other day i was talking to some dude that i just met and he's like yeah man so i play instruments and this and that i'm like oh, okay cool and he's like yeah i work on music and i was like all right cool what you working on he's like well i hope one day man i don't know maybe i'll do maybe i'll put out an album i go maybe how about you tell me right now i will put out an album yeah and he goes what? I'm like, just tell me back what you said and say, yo, one day I, I will put out an album. Mm -hmm. And he was like scared to say it. Because it is scary to fucking, right. to say what you're going to do. It's easier to be like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm going to try and, try and play at this festival. I don't People know. People don't want to disappoint themselves, yeah. right? So you Kanye know? is telling us, I'm going to be the biggest fucking rapper. I'm going to do this. And I, I saw it and I was like, fuck, maybe he is. Right. And, and, we, <laughs> and a lot of the guys in that mixer mean like, we're like, oh, fuck, this guy's first single through the wire. Like he's out of his fucking mind. Me and at the time, Echo and DJ Reflex were the only ones that were like, yo, 
hey, can we come by your studio? Can we check out what you're working on? Can we yeah. hear your shit? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, yeah, come through. So we'd go to sessions and like hear it. Do you remember any like specific song that you were in there for? I remember his mom cutting vocals on College Dropout. Cause his, what, what song is that again? His mom was cutting vocals and his mom was in there and we're in there and his mom was cutting vocals she's on the album i forgot what song it is mm. yeah because she did some vocals on college dropout and wait wait where 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 are you guys we're at the recording studio oh, like okay. in la but she's not on the boards is she no no she's just in the booth <laughs> <laughs> oh she's in the booth cutting her vocals for the album i don't understand cutting i was like yeah. cutting vocals that means you're recording <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> so she was in there record like no, recording no, is that a term i don't i don't know that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cutting vocals yeah, 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 yeah. 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 it means like you're yeah. recording you're recording yeah. I, in the booth. I thought it was like cutting like she was splicing the reel to reel she's on the board <laughs> you know back in the day yeah, they I were a team they were a team yeah i was like yo she was in the studio like mixing shit down it was crazy so we saw it like that i remember being in there for that um I, I, we I, i've seen timbaland like on an asr 10 doing fucking beats and i saw pharrell in the state in this wait we that's got crazy so many wait, dope that's sessions. crazy so you walked in the studio and kanye's mom was in the booth recording yeah, vocals yeah me and echo walked in there i think reflex was with us too is that larabee north in north hollywood but at that time I you're remember. just like you know well, well, this is he was like he wasn't a, he wasn't he, was he wasn't right? big yet i mean he did like production i have a question did fucking um the blueprint come out at this time blueprint, blueprint came out was, 01 we'll and then out. uh college yeah. dropout dropped out i mean it came out uh 2003 september because he did some phenomenal last shit on His production yeah. Yeah. on blueprint right blueprint yeah. he had like yeah. a hard he did heart of the city uh take over to the izzo. Izzo. izzo and he's on the verse at the end right so you but did you kind of mm-hmm. be like yo this dude's a mastermind producer or you just kind of like eh, it's like an up-and-coming dude yeah i was more on the up-and-coming i like this shit but i was like there's so hip-hop is so big could have been chingy right were you in the while you were in the studio were you just like somewhere in the corner or were you like yo you should do this or no no i was input? soaking in i was soaking in everything and i and, and that session at at so many like different sessions i would just soak in like what equipment are they using how are they recording that's the first time i saw pro tools and i was like mm-hmm. i need to get pro tools and i need to get a mac where do you get a mac at there's no apple store at the fucking time right yeah. Yeah. i'm like i had to go to like fry's electronics and be like i'm gonna buy an apple and everyone's using an MPC 2000. I should buy that. So I went and got an MPC 2000. I got to keep saving and shit. But I was like, I was basically copying everything everyone was doing. Echo, my boy Echo got an ASR 10 because Timbaland was using that. And then we were just like trying to emulate what everyone was doing and learn shit. But just to be in those sessions and like take that energy from artists that like are like, like Kanye, who's on the fucking top, like in the, on the top of the world before he's even on the top of the world in his mind. Yeah. Like, yeah, this shit was crazy. That's so, that, so, so like, uh, at that time, I, I know, like, I started out as a producer. Like, I started making beats. First. First. Yeah. So, like, I know DJs, it's hard for them to kind of concentrate on making beats. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> you're so busy just being a DJ. Yeah. And it's just kind of like gig to gig to gig to gig. Right. And then you really need, like, a good 12 hours or even 48 hours or, you know, 50 hours Easily. straight just to just really make music. So when you were buying all this equipment, none of that production really stuck or it kind of stuck or like it was like off and on whenever you had time and shit like I, that. I, I wasn't traveling. So I was only a radio DJ. Right. So I was only playing LA gigs. Like that's it. So I was working like from 2001 when I got an MPC. I would just work on beats all night and then go to bed like at 6, 7 in the morning. How was it? And then How was your beats? So they were so bad. I found I went through all my hard drives because I just moved and I went through all my old hard drives and zip discs and shit and I, I condensed wow, everything. Zip discs. Yeah, zip. Yeah, wow, I'll date myself all, all day on this shit. I don't give a shit. Uh, zip discs and all that and, and, and I was 
downsizing everything. I found some of my old beats, and I'm like, whoa, these are fucking terrible. These are <laughs> they're so was good. It sample heavy, or so, was yeah, it? so all sample heavy, like wow. all sample heavy. So it was it was dope just to hear that, and then like to listen to some old Pro Tools sessions and shit like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. but but I really like all those sessions of being in there with artists was was like that shit won't happen anymore like those that nah, era man, for us nah those days nah. are over with yeah they're over with they're I don't I, I don't I don't think it's uh I don't think the DJs are going to be in there but nah. I think like the the bloggers or the Instagram guys yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. like that academics dude is like yeah, he's, he's getting listening yeah. shit now mm-hmm. you know what right, I mean right yeah. cuz now he's kind of like uh a, no, a new form of distribution, right? Yeah. Except it's like, like yeah. you know. Yeah, because he's, the internet. Um, prom- promoting marketing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the new radio in a way. The new club mixtape. Yeah. Well, I, I always talk to like radio dudes on the West Coast or like Midwest. And it, I think it's funny. Well, even in New York, it was kind of a thing too. Like the nightclub scene in every city mm-hmm. does not at the time in the 90s and early 2000s they did not want radio DJs to DJ their nightclubs. Hell no. Right. No. So I would meet a lot of like radio dudes and the kind of parties they did were very like large, big room, you know, like, uh, but they weren't like that exclusive celebrity crowd or like right. that I mean, cool ass nightclub. Actually, the only right? DJ that was doing it was Funkmaster Flats. Yeah, but he wasn't, do- was he doing like spa and shit? He was doing spa. He was yeah. doing um, parties in the Hamptons for, okay. oh, wow. for Jason and Noah. Back in yeah. the days. But was he a club DJ and then a radio DJ? Or was he a radio DJ and then a club DJ? He was a club DJ. Okay. Then he got into radio. Right, okay. right, right. Oh, yeah. So, But I'm like, I think New York's a little different, like slightly different. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that, like, I remember the first time I met Fashion, he's like, oh, yeah, I had to quit radio in order to do nightclubs. Yeah. And I never really understood it, but I kind of understood it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when I would meet a radio DJ and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm... I'm you wouldn't really hear them in clubs. No. And then when you did hear them in clubs, you're like, wow, this dude doesn't know how to do clubs. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> yeah. You know it's, what I'm it's saying? It's so typical because yeah. like, when I first started getting into like clubs off radio, I'd be like, I'll play the instrumental, the instrumental rock, then yeah. I'll drop it. You're like, that's some radio shit. Yeah. And I had to like train myself and learn clubs heavier. But mm-hmm. the same thing, I had to quit radio because of that, 100%. Damn. And I think it's yeah. funny now because now it's like if you are a radio DJ, it's like, oh, he has a following. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, like now him. we can use them now. When yeah. back in the day, like literally, what, like 15, 20 years ago, exactly. they did not want to fuck with radio DJs at all. No, yeah. I was, I was told we don't want. They, it was a uh, AM set me up with a gig, and they told him after, like, we don't want him back. And he's like, why? And he's like, uh, he plays on the radio. We don't want that crowd to come here. Exactly. So that was the that was, exactly that was the, the stigma, line. right? That was the yeah. stigma is that. You're on the radio and a bunch of like regular people listen to you and if you if we put you on a flyer, all these regular people are gonna come to the club and we don't want those motherfuckers. The civilians. Yeah, we, we don't, don't want, want those civilians. civilians. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't need yeah. civilians yeah, yeah. in here. But I mean, like I remember even I don't know for some reason why we would if a radio DJ was booked at a club, we'd be like, uh ah. Yeah. You know, like he's But you know it was gonna be hood though. It, it was like a, it was a hip hop. It was um, gonna be kinda DJ? it was kinda be like I always thought and I always listened. It was like, oh, wow, he's DJing like it's a mixtape. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's you know true what I'm though, because yeah. I was that dude too. I had to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole radio. At the time, radio was a whole different world. And I remember sometimes I'd fucking play a clean version by accident. I'm like, why am I playing a clean version in the club? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember oh. we would. I, it York. bothers me to this day. In I did New that York, not too man. long ago. I played a clean version by accident or something. I'm like, what the fuck? Is, it was like, oh, hurry up, we, get out. We would we would tear some of these like mixtape radio DJs and like the when they would come to nightclub, yeah, we'd yeah. be like, yo, man, it'd be like me and like. The homies, we just like, yo, man, this motherfucker just played the radio edit. Like, motherfuckers, come on. We all grown ups here, 21 and over. You know what I mean? But, yeah. But I want to know, at what point did you feel radio wasn't, like, satisfactory anymore? And yeah. you're like, wow, I need to go. I need to get into there. Because Neville was telling me a story, right? You said something about him and... A girlfriend at the time like yeah went to a party and you yeah. heard am or you saw am for the first time you're like shit i, I want to do these parties yeah i was uh so going back to the baker boys um brother that ran that promotion company um that i was working with we had a dj back it was a record pool so i used to get all my records early for free all that shit and mm -hmm. uh and we hosted a DJ battle at the record pool. And Grand Funk was one of the, the DJs oh, in the really? pool. Wow. And AM was one of the DJs in the pool. And I didn't really know him because I just started working with the pool, but they ho they had a battle. And uh, I was one of the judges. This is big AM, right? This is big boy AM, yeah. On a, on a Vestex, I think a 05 <laughs> and 05. 212s, yeah. And um, and he was one of the guest DJs on the in the battle. And I was judging it. Mr. Chalk was hosting it. I actually found those videos on YouTube too. So is this before AM blew up or what? Well, yeah, this is way before. It was uh, way before that. I because you were judging the competition. I was judging it in a garage in Glendale, California, of a yeah. fucking <laughs> DJ battle. That the you, there's YouTube videos that came up. I was crazy. I found it, and um, so I'm judging it. And DJ, AM's playing cut. I didn't get to see him DJ. He was just scratching and doing all that shit. And then um, I started dating some girl that was way out of my fucking league. That, uh, what that do you mean? Maybe out of your way out of my. She wore She's snake. She had snake boots, bro. She's I didn't even like. I didn't even know they made. Boots. <laughs> you're Me you're, wait, wait. You're Mexican. You have that before. No, no. But she had like. Mo she was like model snake boots. She oh, was in right. a fucking. Was she like a, Was she like a sugar mama? Was she no, like? Not, I mean, was she like forty years old? No, not at all. She was. I, no, she was in. She was in like commercials and shit. I was like, this is way out of my league. But I met her at a ratchet club though. So, <laughs> so, uh, so she was like, we're gonna go to this club in L.A. called Garden of Eden. And I was like, all right. I've never heard of that. Sounds like a strip club. Where was that at? Um, it's on the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and is that like La Brea? I think it's La Brea and Hollywood Boulevard. Like it's still there. I don't I think, think the building still stands. Yeah, it still stands. Yeah. It's been a bunch of different clubs. So I, I walk in and um, she takes me there and yeah, yeah. They uh, they bring us in and um, we had to be on. That was that cool crowd. So I'm like, what the fuck? We like, there's no line. I thought there was like a line, like everyone got in a single file line, like most yeah. <laughs> clubs and shit. And they, but everyone's just crowding the door, and I'd never been around anything like that. And and we walk in, she gets us in, and I'm like, she knew people at the door. She knew people at the door. Yeah, mm. she yeah, <laughs> she was getting so, yeah. She she got us in. I don't know. What she's <laughs> so she got us in, and and we walk in, and I'm I'm like, first I I don't even know where the fuck I am, even though I'm right near like where I grew up, but everyone in there is like diverse crowd but the music right away i'm like what the fuck is this this is like a very crazy wedding set but it's still kind of cool like, what was he playing what was what like was some of the music the, it was the joan jets and the fucking right, right. journeys it's all and, the basics and what year was this uh this is 2003 2003 i think yeah and like fucking chicago and all these records are playing but then jay-z plays and 
and tribe and i'm like what the fuck like and how are all these people dancing to this it was mind-blowing because i've dj'd so long in la but i've never seen that like that side of la so i literally like looked i was like where is this dj booth and i made my way and i looked around i'm like oh shit that's the dude from the dj battle that's that's mm -hmm. the am guy that was that's all i knew i was like that's the guy i know that guy and it was still big am it's still big boy am and we have a <laughs> the dopest thing is we took a picture that night like so i have that picture of us in the dj booth he's and i'm wearing that's big boy am and vice with glasses yeah i used yeah, to I have saying, glasses that picture. Yeah. Damn, and i'm man. big boy too i was like 210 i was really? like yeah i was like yeah that's another it's, it's a lot of it's crazy that that story i knew my biggest weight with am so it's all crazy so um so i, I walk in the dj booth i'm like yeah I, i'm like yo i'm like advice from from the battle and he's like yo yo come in come in come in and he's like i come in the dj booth and he's like yo jump on man jump on and he gives me the headphones because and he's like I, I listen to on power and i was like oh dope okay cool and i i remember i this all the the, the as bad as my memory is i remember like these moments this fuck mm -hmm. i go in his crate i pull it out and i pulled out vibrant thing and it had just come out right. i was like oh dope so i i dropped it i did like doubles my radio doubles doom, 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 right. all this shit and then i, I was like no 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 man, go ahead because i was like i don't know what the fuck to play in right, here right, right. Yeah. like he's about to play uh sweet home alabama next he does <laughs> and he's like that's i remember him playing that shit in that night i was like what the fuck like i was like this is corny but why is it working like this right. is crazy mm -hmm. so um anyhow we exchanged numbers was on. he already doing like sweet home alabama and like hip-hop beats over him he or? wasn't doing it then not not at that one i think he was okay. just dropping the like record the, then. the og right? yeah he wasn't yeah. getting like crazy with the the mashup blends but he i don't even think he i don't think am really got that crazy like that till serato really came yeah. out where he till could just end, switch over yeah and the vinyl like early serato right right mm. so so I, I that girl was kicked to the curb and i just kicked it in the booth with am like i was like i gotta watch this i gotta understand what this is and he was like yo let's exchange numbers let's keep in touch let's hang out right and i was like all right cool um, so then when I went to his house for the first time, he's like, yo, 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 check this out. And he did the vibrant thing routine, like the exact same doubles I did. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, it was just a basic routine, but he did it back. He's like, yo, I learned that son. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, did you call him out? You'd be like, yo, that's my <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, I was just like, I had, I hadn't met, I hadn't been around people that were like that into it like he was fucking into well, like it. he studied it he studied and he, it and he, he, and he remembered it, it right he's a nerd about it like he yeah. i barely did it once and then he was like yo i got it like yo so that's that's when i was like yo this this dude is on some next level shit and he's in a different world and i want to know about this so that's when i just started like going to all those hollywood clubs and like asked like he I didn't even really ask to open but he was like yo you want to open for this gig I'm like, all right, cool. I'm in. Like, I wasn't even asking for money. Mm -hmm. And I was on radio already. And just going back to your question was uh, when I started opening for him, that was when I started getting all the flack from the promoters because he would tell me, he'd be like, yo, they don't want to fuck with you. You're on the radio. Damn. They don't want. And he had my back and he was like, yo, yo, like, just come in next week. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell him you're opening, but I had to bring turntables and mixer at the setups too. So I, <laughs> and I'm on the radio already. So I'm like, I'm already feeling myself like, yo, I'm on the fucking radio. Are you kidding me? Like, yo, right. but I was like, yo, like this is not the. This is not my lane. Like, just Do you, is is it kind of racial? Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, I paid for. I played for Power 106, and it's a Latin radio station. Right. Like, like we have a Latin demographic. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, they weren't trying to have that. It's help. like a subtle way of like, we don't want a Latin DJ yeah. with a Latin. Like he might, he might know? play like Kid Frost La Rasa, then into Lighter Shade of Brown, <laughs> right. and then to fucking I'm Not Your Puppet or something. Or might, like that's not Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> or he might, Love yeah. comes on. <laughs> I thought this was fucking cool. No, like, no. But the also that you quick. might bring like gangbangers yeah. or like some yeah. weird like street motherfuckers. And that's when that's when like gangbanger was pretty bad. 
was still bad. But you know what happened a lot too? Like I would play, I would play, and then AM would go on after me, and he'd play some shit. And then when I would cover for him, I would play that shit, and the promoter would look at me and be like, "What are you playing?" And I'd be like, yeah. "AM played this last week. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> right. And she'd be like, "Like, no, cut that shit off." And I'm like, "Fuck." Right. Like, how come? And and and. That happened for a long time, I think. Like certain DJs could get away with records mm -hmm. that another DJ couldn't get away with. Well, I I was I forgot who I was talking to. I think I was I, me and Sean and like Eleven would talk about certain things. Like if you see, like, a female DJ yeah. play a bunch of hardcore hip hop, it's kind of like dope. It's dope, yeah. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if you see like a black dude playing hardcore hip hop. You're just like, ah, uh, you know, like typical. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I used to go through the same thing in New York. Like, I would go check out Mark Ronson. He would play, like, the hardest hip-hop records. And if I DJ at this club, like, a couple of days later, and I do the same, play the same records, they'll come up to me. It was like, yo, you can't be playing this right, right. now. Like, yo, that's like, yo black, guy playing, black guy playing hip-hop and yeah. shit. But when right. a white guy playing hip-hop, is cool. Bro, yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, like, lean like a cholo. <laughs> if I play that shit, you're like, yo, get him off. <laughs> right, right. Typical but if someone Mexican. else is a typical Mexican DJ, like, get him off. It's 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 really true. Like, that, yeah, that stigma, like, when you see... Uh, Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you okay, right. I was going to say the funny thing is that Vice is Mexican, but he doesn't speak Spanish, which is the At all, bro. shit. A lot of people don't even think I'm Mexican, so I get, I get everything. Like, I've gotten, like, Persian. I've gotten... Jewish, I've gotten Armenian, I've gotten. They thought I was Filipino recently. I was like, what? Filipino. Yeah, I've gotten. I don't know yeah. why. Maybe yeah. Because all, all my boys are Filipino. Has so that <laughs> did that fuck with you a little bit? Like growing up, like I, not speaking I, Spanish. No, nah, no, nah, because I all I wanted to DJ was in the Asian clubs. That's all I liked. Asian girls. <laughs> 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 the crazy shit that he grew up in Eagle Rock, and Eagle Rock is a mixture of, of uh, a lot of Mexicans. But it's a lot of cholos, and it's a mixture of two of the biggest gangs, which is Avenues. Yeah. So I'm surprised he's, he doesn't know Spanish that well. Nah, no, nah, I'm my, I'm I'm first generation, but my parents didn't want me to be like Mexican and shit. They wanted me to be like, you hear how you speak? They wanted to be American. They right? want to yeah. be yeah, because yeah. they they both had to I, learn English. But so. Eagle Rock's also a lot of white people too. Now it is. Now it is. It's it's really like Philippine. There's a Jollibee there. You know, there's a lot of Filipinos. So if there's a Jollibee in the city, that's the Filipinos are, are popping right there. So I, I and I, I DJed growing up all like the Asian parties because that's where like most of them were into hip hop and break dancing and shit like that. So I'm like, I'd rather, I want to play at that. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't really play like the Latin parties that much. Only only like if it was like a radio station gig that hired me. But I grew up with like Icy Ice and like. And mellow and and around those clubs. I was just talking about Icy Ice. Yeah, I've I've never heard Dude, of. He's Ice a legend in LA. I, that, Ice is I a legend. So I, that was probably like I I grew up on uh like ninety nine to like oh four on the radio, but I never heard him. So this uh one of my homies uh Wally Wall from uh uh from uh Wally from uh, uh L A. He does like mm -hmm. streetwear. He's like a real cool guy. He like DM'd me. We were doing this podcast, and he was like, "Yo, you gotta get Icy Ice." Yeah. And I was like. I don't I don't know LA like Cali DJ so I was like I don't know who the fuck that is <laughs> and I and in a group chat I hit these two up I hit D up and I hit uh Jamie up and mm -hmm. I was like yo who the fuck is Icy Ice <laughs> and they're like man we never heard that motherfucker ever Yeah man. I was like I don't know who <laughs> yeah. that is like you I knew I knew like you Kubichi, e man yeah. e Mr. Chalk. Was that yeah. your e was e that your played, time? Yeah, yeah E-Man played all the Icy Ice parties they had a crew called Legend and they were like the biggest fucking thing and I I was like like just becoming old enough to go to those parties, so I was like trying to get in. So I didn't Icy even know Ice, people. was he on the radio? What was no, it? he wasn't on radio. He just 
threw the biggest parties and he would oh. DJ it. Oh, but it was, was all Asian it. or was it mixed? No, nah, it was all Fili- it was all mostly Filipino. Um. Yeah, it was all it was like mostly Asian parties. Yeah. And I would fucking want to be in those parties so bad. <laughs> so I sat and we eventually became friends. But I, um, yeah, but those parties were huge in LA. He's like OG then. Yeah, he's huh? OG. And, was he, it and like he's Beat Junkies. He's Beat Junkies. Mm, so he's yeah. original Beat Junkies as well. Was it like yeah. house parties or was it like? Not like big clubs, like okay. like all the old Variety Arts Center in downtown LA and like the exchange, like just big nightclubs in LA that were like popping. There were so many different scenes in LA. Like LA was so segregated i'm sure new york is the I was same gonna, I was, yeah. well no we were Actually, segregated i was gonna ask you like because we were speaking on race earlier yeah when you went to the hollywood parties i mean it was predominantly probably white yeah. right yeah and then i like i said i always think la's pretty segregated for sure and new york is actually it's a bit segregated, but it's a little more mixed, right? A lot more mixed, a yeah. Lot more but mixed. it is segregated, but it's definitely it's mixed. Segre- I mean, everything's segregated, kind of, but like it, uh, New York's a little more mixed and right, shit. Right, right. But that's what I was wondering, like, when you were coming up with radio and all this. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of, like, racist-ass shit, like, subtle racist shit yeah, going yeah. on. <laughs> like, maybe more stereotypical, like, you know what I mean? I think I, I, think I flew under the radar because I didn't speak Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Didn't, they didn't Which hear is, my accent. They didn't yeah. hear, like, they didn't hear, because I have no accent. I mean, they didn't hear yeah, anything yeah, yeah. come out of me, but, like, yeah, they, they I, I think they're, in L.A., it was very segregated. There was, you know, there was a black scene. There was an Asian scene. There was a white scene. And if you're going to DJ, they're like, where are you, you going to go play? Oh, I'm playing an Asian party. Well, I'm playing a black party. Well, mm-hmm. I'm playing a white party. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Even to the point where I used to play, like, a, a dance hall club. I used to play at a dance hall club, and I wouldn't even play dance. I'd play the hip-hop set. And and that was, like, the black party. Like, oh, you play at the black party. Like, yeah, it was just, it was super segregated. And it didn't even seem, it seemed like the norm to me, And I then guess. you'll know where the, what's, what kind of party is because of the section of the city you're at. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. You exactly. know, you're in East LA, you know, to Mexican party. <laughs> <laughs> Did you link up with uh, Echo at Power? Uh, yeah, no, no. I linked up with Echo at like when I was DJing some party in like way out in the South Bay, and I, I just went to a I went to a party, and I I sell the fucking business card. It's crazy. He gave me his business card. He's because and I was like, oh, this dude's really into into DJing. Like I I attracted like the energy of people that were really into the craft. Like, I really want to be a DJ. So Echo was one of those dudes. And I was like, yo, give me your card. And I wrote on the back of it, Mexican DJ. <laughs> and he's not even Mexican. He's like Colombian and Peruvian. And he gave me his number. And he put his number down. He's like, yo, hit me up. And then, uh, you know, months go by, whatever. And then I don't. And then I, I run into him. And he told me the story because I don't remember this. But he's like, yo, I run into you. And you're like, and I'm like, yo, man, what's up? You never hit me up. And I, and I told him, I go, oh. I don't have long distance, because <laughs> back back yeah, yeah, back in yeah, the day, you had to put one. You have yeah, but you, my parents didn't pay for long distance. You right. had to pay the phone company. <laughs> I sound old as shit. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> you had to pay like in LA. You had to pay extra for your phone to be able to call long distance. And my parents were like, "We're not paying." more money to what call Erica was he? he was 310 South okay, Bay yeah, and yeah. I was like oh three, I couldn't three? call <laughs> yeah. I couldn't call you bro that, and that, that's how long ago. it was like 90 probably like 90 it was before radio so like 95 oh, wow. like somewhere around there yeah, yeah like I was still sure. in high school yeah. yeah, and he had a car and I didn't, so I was like, "Yo, you have a car that works. You're gonna you're gonna roll with me to gigs. Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> That's Damn. crazy. So then, when so you linked up with Am, you were opening for him. Yeah, he kind of put you under, like you, he kind of put you under his wing, kind of right. And I, I've always said I don't know why, how it happened. He just had a like we just got along, and he and I wasn't after anything. Like I just wanted to be around DJing. And he would, and he knew how much I was into it, and I was reliable, and I and he would, op- I'd open up, and 
and he really wouldn't take money from me for the gigs. Just once in a while, he'd be like, yo, how much did they pay you for that gig? I'm like, 300. He's like, give me 100. And I was like, all right, here you go. It's all good. I don't care. I didn't even care about like the money at those gigs. I was opening up a whole new world to like right. DJing. And mm-hmm. like, there was fucking celebrities at this party. Like, I, I remember one of the gigs, he was like, yo, I need you to DJ this party with me. Um, I need you to play at Kenny G's birthday party with me. And I'm like, fucking Kenny G's birthday, bro? <laughs> We're going to DJ at Kenny G's birthday party? He's like, yeah, but I got to leave like halfway through the gig to go get my chips at another party. So I'm going to put the AM chain on you, and I'm going to go to this other party. <laughs> and just when they ask where I'm at, just just keep looking like, oh. And they see an AM chain, that like, we're good. The and AM like, dog tech Yeah, the AM dog tech <laughs> Wow. And did that work? Fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> on the dance floor, and I'm DJing, and AM bounces in the 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 prevent the production designer whatever coordinator comes up it's like where's Adam and I'm like I think he went to the bathroom I, I fucking freaked out I'm wearing an AM chain right <laughs> <laughs> and she comes back five minutes there he's not in the bathroom I'm like he, I, I don't know he's here somewhere she runs around ten more minutes by he fucking left he left huh he left I'm like I I, I don't know I got this door I got it I got it and I had to like cover for him on some fucking wow. gigs like that it shit was yeah. yeah but he was just about like getting the chips and he knew like. I would hold it down. I mean, everyone was happy. They danced. I'm getting Kenny G. Was how do you, good. how do you think he got so tapped into that? Like into that. I think with with his style and what he was playing, like no one else in L. A. was fucking that. It was just, just buzz. So I had at, never heard anyone else. So when he was at a club, it would just buzz, and everyone would talk. Like, yeah. yo, you got to go back and hear this dude. Yeah, and there was no there was no social media, so it was it was his skills speaking for him, and the sets he was playing and the selection resonated. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Whereas I could go to an East L. A. party and play fucking. Like, you know, Morrissey and shit like that, and it'll resonate to them. Like, he just knew how to play that audience. So I would just, like, soak that shit up and be like, all right, I'll th- I can figure that out. So what, was there, like, an incident that happened, or what What was the thing that said, I got to quit radio? Yeah, it was that the main club, Las Palmas, on Wednesdays. It was, like, the hottest shit, and yeah. I covered for him, and I did the full night, and then AM went back to the promoter. Uh, it was Bolt House Productions, and they were like, we're good like we don't want a radio dj playing our shit so adam told me that and literally the next day i was like i'm not i didn't quit i just stopped doing my radio shifts like i just was like oh i'm busy oh i can't do that one. Oh, i can't do that one and basically that, you got taken off the schedule which is crazy of, right? though because that like as radio is like a goal for us that was my goal to be on radio so it was mm-hmm. a big moment to be like yo this is a chance you have to step back and you're not going to make that radio money anymore and like it's time to try and do something else so i took that was a big chance for me that not realizing like fuck like shit could have went sideways and i could have not got those gigs and i'm not on radio anymore and i'm sitting here on the sideline like fuck but i mean i just took it and went for it so getting that gig i I remember to the point i would cover and then they they started letting me play a little bit and the nights i wasn't djing i'd go back and one night i got cocky i was like i don't have to go early with adam like i don't i don't have to go early like am's playing they have another opener i'll show up like at 11 right i walk up to the door by myself and they're like sorry i'm like it's Vice. I DJ like last week, two weeks ago, and they're like, "Just can't do it right now." And, and you had your like, crates there. Damn. I, I went by myself just to go hang to go oh, just check to out hang. The set, they wouldn't let to you go here. I didn't fucking get in. They used and to I'm, ha- and they, I'm like, this is already. I've been DJing on radio and doing that shit, and they're like, "Nah, you're good." That yeah, this used to happen to me in New York. That happened Damn. to me in New York also. Yeah, yeah. And I had <laughs> DJ the fucking yeah. club, and they're like, "Nah." <laughs> they did good. that to me a couple of times. Yeah. The door guy was just like being an ass. Yeah, but I, but I, I looked at it like I looked at it like okay. Like, it's another challenge. Like, how do you fucking break this scene? That kind of like, happened to me not long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy, I, w- I went back. I was like, yo, I'm, you know, so-and-so's boy. I DJ here last week. And he's like, 
nah, man, you got to pay the cover. I was like, really? <laughs> I just saw you. You just let me in. And then he's like, nah. <laughs> I was like, all right. And then I. You know, when, did, when did this happen? Reality checks. I don't want to say when, but. Yeah, yeah. When did it happen? Like last week? Recently? <laughs> yeah, recently. We just said recently. recently. Right. <laughs> so you didn't pay? I know they got me in, but I was just like, bro, like, quit acting like, come on. It's 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 like it's humbling though. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. It's humbling to like that shit to happen still. Well, like I remember the door. So I remember I was DJing at the spot called PM mm-hmm. in New York, and I it was like that. it was really high, like it was really high end. I did like maybe like three weeks, and I was like, oh, I felt like I was a resident. Yeah. And I walked in with like two of my homies and the door guy. Uh, oh fuck. Radimus or something? I forgot his Aramis. Aramis, yeah. Aramis. <laughs> OG door. Everyone has their OG door dude in this yeah, city. Yeah, definitely. Aramis. Yo, Aramis looked at me and he just ignored he me. Was, and I said, and then finally I was like, look, I was like, yo, man, I, I've been DJing here for the past couple of weeks, like, you know, past few weeks, man. And he's like, I know. And he's like, I know. And he says, I can't let you in right now. And he says, I can't do it. And I remember he told me something like, you don't get it. Oh shit! Was Aramis the, the pirate? No, 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 no. The pirate? Game, what the? You got to get him on the podcast. You got to get the pirate. Aramis is the. He was like uh, the Haitian dude, yeah. super tall, maybe like six five. Oh, okay, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. He always had like the like I, I don't know how to explain like the the, the, the Tron shades. The yeah. Tron shades. His shades were like crazy. Like they would cover like you know, like almost his whole face. Nah, I know exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 But uh, and then finally, like after like a few months, like maybe, and it would be like a it would be one of those things where I'm like, "Fuck, man, I don't know if I should go." And then yeah. I would go, yeah. and then he would let me in. Yeah. And it was when I was alone. If I ended up showing up with dudes, he'd be like, "Nah." That's so how then I, I started understanding it, and then as I started getting it, I would I would walk up in like fucking slippers and like shorts, and he would just <laughs> let me in. But that was like a beautiful time when yeah. Yeah, yeah. when yeah. when you've earned the respect of door dudes, you know what I'm yeah, saying? They just good. like you could look like a total bum, and then you have like these Wall Street dudes in suits trying to get in, yep. and then they are like, "Yo, you just let this bum in? Who the fuck is that dude? Like, who the fuck is that Asian bum that you just left? It? He looked like he just rolled out of bed." And I'm like, "Yeah, I just rolled out of bed." And I thought, "I have a good I have a good doorman story." Is uh, our dude in L.A. that ran the door for years was Jackson James. And Jackson James ran Las Palmas and all like the Bolt House parties, the big parties. And and I met him when I first started playing all those clubs, those Hollywood clubs. And he would run it all the time, run it all the time. And we were and he eventually opened Body English here. He ran the door here in Las Vegas. So he was always out and about. And uh the day I was playing Excess way back, and it was uh it was a um a convention party. I think it was during Magic. And uh Jackson wasn't doing doors really anymore, and he just he rolled up, and I was on the side DJ, and he, and he looked at me, and I was at the DJ booth, and the security guard looked at me, and he's like, "Nope," and he told me like he wasn't gonna let Jackson come up to the DJ booth with me, and I'm like, a few tequila shots in, so I looked at the doorman, I'm like, <laughs> the, the the security dude, I'm like, yo, let him in, please, please, just let him in, just him, one. I kept looking at him like one, just I'm like mouthing it one, and he's like, nope, and I'm like, all right, let him in, bro. Let him in. And I don't usually get aggressive. I'm not an aggressive dude, but that, that dude's the door dude that always let me in. Like, right. he took care of me. Like, he would, uh, and he'd open the ropes for me. So the, the security guard just looked at me, like, with that smirk, like, nah. And I go, cool, shut the music off. And I just looked, really? I just looked at the door dude, and I was like, at, the, at the, the, the ropes. And I go, whenever you're ready, let him in. And we just, like, had the eye, the stare down with the eye, and he was just like, 
click, let him in. (laughs) 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 And Jackson looked at me like, oh, shit. And they came over like, yo, what the fuck's happening? The music was off for like 30 seconds. I'm like, they wouldn't let him in. Sorry. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy, yo. I remember that that's shit. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I did shit like that. Like, I, I only get pissed when, like, it's called for. Like, there was a girl in the middle of the dance floor back in the day in a Hollywood club, I remember, and she was looking at me, and, like, middle finger was up, cut, saying, like, cut this song off. This shit's, like, bullshit. And I was, like, playing an open format old school, so, like, Stevie Wonder and shit. And I was like, fuck this bitch shut the music off and i'm like girl in the white dress in the middle of the dance floor that has no respect for stevie wonder get her the fuck out the club wow. <laughs> did it go out Damn. she ran bro she ran she <laughs> came back around the side of the dj booth and and i didn't see i was like dj and she came back to the side she's like what the fuck you i turn around i turn the music off again she's back she's back. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you think you could do that shit now i don't think so fuck i don't know man i don't know <laughs> you know even the shit that he mentioned of like am like you coming to visit am yeah. And him giving you the headphones to get on. Yeah, I remember the back in the days, you like could jump on. Right? Yeah, you could do that. When did that stop? I would say recently. Like, like I would like, go. I would go. Like if if we went to remember, it would be like me, you, Rathacon going to Bada English. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you like if Rathacon had never been in Vegas, you'd be like, "Yo, get on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd let the motherfucker rock, and then maybe even after three a.m. Yeah, you wouldn't even DJ. You like <laughs> five would be there spending twenty minutes. I do twenty minutes, right? Right. And Everyone then we just be on. rotating. And then when did that stop? Man, when when it became a show for every DJ, like when the when the whole branded night. Because when we first started in when I first started in Vegas, I had to fight for my name to be on the flyer for Body English. I remember, like, I wasn't really well, was it put was on it, the flyer. You think it was when it was a branded night? I don't think that was it. When was it then? Like when. I think when it went went to EDM, and it became like the EDM show, right? Like yeah. the EDM 2010, 2011. Yeah, like, but why? I, I'm really curious. I want to know why that stopped before the the uh, before the promoters and like the the managers trusted our opinion. Who would jump on? Right? It right. would be like, okay, you're all good. Like whoever, it's good music. Music's good. We're good. Now it's like it needs to be you because they're here for your name. Like that kind of shit. That's what I feel like. Mm. But I still throw five on, and if you jump on, it's all good. <laughs> but if you play for a different club, you can't I really think, be I on. I think that might be part of it, but I think there's something else to it. I don't. I don't know what it is yet. Don't it you could. Think it's the clicks of like, oh, you play for that club, and you don't play for this club over here. So maybe like the non competes. Yeah, the non competes. Yeah, like very. And also, mm-hmm. I think it might be like maybe like the newer generation of DJs. Yeah. Like on like if. You know, like back in the day, if you made it to a point where like I knew your name, mm-hmm. I knew you worked your ass off to do it somehow. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you, you if you befriend the DJ, you're not sure what where they're from or what yeah. dues they paid or where they came from. So it's like you wouldn't even have them get on. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you would trust like a dude like yo, like, yo, this dude's from New York, that motherfucker like I trust this motherfucker. Like, this motherfucker yeah. is here in Vegas. Yeah. Yo, get on. Yeah. And then you want to see him like he's going to bust his shit off. You know right, what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I think that also has to, I think it's a bunch of things, but I think that also, I miss those days though of just all the homies yeah, jumping rocking, on. Just jumping rocking, on and just having, yeah. having it being like a, like almost like a rat pack where it was just like, wow, there's like Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, there's Frank, Frank Sinatra. Sinatra <laughs> yeah. And it's like they're just going off. They're just, yeah. they're just fucking around. You know? Yeah. I think yeah. the first time I saw you at Tao. I think we met at Body English, but I saw you at Tao, and you were letting people jump, and I'm like, oh, that's who he fucks with. 
by seeing that, like I was like, he fucks with Scratchy, he fucks with Five. You know Deluxe what I mean? Like came in, yeah. you could tell who they homies are, right? By by that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I remember so. back in the day, the term like "yo, he's the homie" used to be a bad thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I he, never, in I the never. beginning, it was like "yo, he's the homie," and it was just kind of like that oh, like dude. That, a, that dude's an outsider. Kinda. Got you, got yeah. you. Because it was like a way of like not dissing him. Like "yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this is Carl. He's the homie." You're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's some East Coast fuck, shit. We don't, don't fuck know. with Carl. <laughs> 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 oh, we don't fuck with Carl. <laughs> that's the homie. Fucking Carl. Carl. Was Body English your first residency? Um. Yeah, body. My first gig in Vegas ever was um, was Babies before yeah. that, and and I was. It, what's crazy about that is they actually booked me because of radio back then. It was like 2003, so it was right when I was getting off the radio, and I and and they booked me because they had Mr. Chalk DJing out here. Wow, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, and I got that, and then I played at at Light at the Bellagio. It's the first and, time I met you. Yeah, and you were yeah. there as yeah. well. That was like vi- was, these are vinyl days. I was. So how was the set, Neva? I got two questions. I got two questions. Actually, I remember this night, but go ahead. I got two questions. Question be honest, I really don't. Honestly, the more honest you are, I don't give a shit. It's all you. You better shit on him if he was bad. I got shit on the other day. I'm good. Really? I'm going to talk about that next. Okay. So, wait, there's two questions because the setup at light, a lot of DJs were frustrated with it. It was the. It was spaced, wasn't it? It was the two. It was the two decks. The th- oh, what do you call yeah. it? The double decker rain with the knobs. Yes, yes. Right? I think um, we had the cross fader by the time you came. Yeah, I think there was a there might yeah there was a fader. Yeah, I've only had to play once with no fader. Okay, like on the rain, on the rain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so how did he do with with, with the rain mixer, the, no. du- the 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 dual deck rain mixer? And okay. Then, how and then was how was the set? It was no, vinyl. It was vinyl at the time, right? So it was a Thursday party called um, Bounce Bounce Thursday. That was the hip hop party. The hip hop. Um, we spoke about it with Shucky before. That was his party. Yeah. And he was the guest DJ. So I was like, oh yeah, this guy Vice is from LA. He's on radio. Hey, you he's, ever heard of him? Never heard of him before. So I'm like, Vice, all right, cool, whatever. So he came in, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I the, want this. No, 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 no. Pause. It was up. All right, actually, you're the first DJ in Vegas I heard to get on the microphone, to get the crowd hype. Oh, shit. Okay. Nobody was doing this back then. This was like 2003. Yeah, yeah. Like forbidden, yeah. So he was killing, he was rocking it. And I was like, damn, this dude is good. And then towards the end of your set, you was playing like old school R&B, like yeah. 80s R&B. And I was like, wow. I was like, damn, I ain't think um, LA DJs know about this shit. <laughs> so now nah, he did good. And then That's afterwards, good. I was like, yo, man, um, you want to go to Dre's after I was to hang out? Oh, shit, we did go to Dre's. And he Dre's. was like, yeah, let's do this. I'm like, yeah. So we, and we hung out that night. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't even think I really drank then. Nah, I don't, I don't think, think so. I drank. I, I really didn't drink. I might have forced you to do a couple I shots. I probably took a couple shots. But <laughs> Talking about shots. Yeah, we do have a tequila bottle right here that's about to get cracked. As we, yeah. I got, you got it? Hold on. Let me talk about getting shitted on, then I'll, I'll, I'll drink the pain away. So I was, I was <laughs> my, my boy got married like two weeks, three weeks ago. Uh, Errol from Nike. You guys know Errol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. so yeah. Errol got married and put his business out there. But uh, um, anyways, I'm playing at this wedding and um I'm, and ross one's djing so ross one's it's only like 60 people like this is a really small wedding and right. ross is djing and and i'm like i'll jump on because i know a lot of the people there i've known arrow since i was in high school so um i was like yo ross i'll get on i'm playing i'm playing and this is more than three weeks ago i mean i met like a month ago whatever and this girl walks up and she's like play plug walk like that i'm like what play plug walk she's drunk right and i'm like 
And I'm looking around like, I don't know who this girl is. She's like 20 years old or something like that. And, and I don't know what Plug Walk is at the time. Right. And it probably just <laughs> come out. I didn't, now I know it's a Rich the Kid song, but I'm like, play what? And she's just like, Plug Walk. And I'm like, I don't know. What, I'm on Ross's laptop. Ross is gone. Ross is sitting on the side, just like on his fucking phone. Mm-hmm. Whatever. She walks away and she comes back. She's like, uh, play it. And I'm like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. I don't know what Plug Walk is, right? And she's like, uh, gets away, comes back, sends another girl, same shit. I go, I don't know what it is, same shit. Then the girl finally comes back. She goes, listen, you're a fucking old DJ. You're old and you're playing old shit. <laughs> and I go, what the fuck? And then you shut off the she music and got off the mic. You see this girl? Bro, she fucking storms off, pissed that I'm not playing plug walk because I don't even know what the fuck it is at the time. And I'm like, yo, I just got fucking called an old DJ. And, and I go, I am old. And I fucking load up Poison, BBD, and I'm dropping. Errol and all our boys are like, everyone's all the same age. We're all like about to hit 40. Like, you know, like yeah. it's all good. Like, you mm-hmm. know, it was, it it's was, a fucking wedding, It's a too. fucking wedding, yo. It's a Damn. wedding. So I, it was another work. humbling moment. Humbling moment. Old ass DJ vibes. Yo, so. so um, Is it bad if you throw like a like a beer bottle at, at a chick's I back? Had to, I had to ask yeah. him. She, I, <laughs> what? On the reel, she fell. She fell later. She I saw her. Fall. She was drunk as yeah, shit, so she fell. I was like, oh, God. She has heels in grass? Oh, yeah. It was melt to happen. <laughs> There's a God. There's a God there. There's He's watching. A God. There's, a God. <laughs> There's a DJ God. There is, is a DJ okay? God. I think I'm going to say it's karma. It's a little karma. No, no. Can you throw a beer bottle <laughs> no. at someone's back? No, I mean, not their head. The head is dangerous. I would say you could throw water on them. You don't have good aim to fucking aim from the back of the head. So no, no, the head is harder isn't, to aim. You isn't can hit there the a back. USB? Isn't there a who is known? And we could say names or not. Who is known as the DJ that walk around and pull USB plugs? Oh. You mean Sujit? Not, not, not. Sujit don't pull a plug. At, like, so, Sujit pulls no, no, plugs. No, um, like if the song's not good, he would walk. I heard he would walk up and just yank the USB out wait, of the wait, DJ. Wait, wait, DJs would do like, this? Like he would be, he would run up on other DJs, and if they weren't, I don't know. Pop, was this Stone Rock? Maybe there's a DJ out there, that I, and, he, and he was known as as that. He would fucking go up and like if their shit's That's not popping, like pull out. Wait, the who's plug. the who was telling us a story of a prankster where they were like you would turn your back and they would. Uh, like you're not looking. <laughs> yeah, he's like you're not looking, and then you're like you're looking for a record. You loosen and then he it up. Would, and this is before Serato. Oh we could go on eternal. So he would just run away with the needle. Can't you fuck with people's laptop if you have the the Apple laptop? Yeah, you can. Remote? Yeah, you can. Oh really? With Serato? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. If you have you like could the Apple TV remote. Yeah, yeah, you could fuck with someone's laptop with that fucking remote you had. You just gotta make sure your Bluetooth's on. Yeah, yeah. If your Bluetooth is on, like if someone. Yeah, I shut off can. the my, I shut off my Wi-Fi. I shut off Bluetooth. I shut off Dropbox. I shut off all that shit before I start DJing. But if you leave that on, you can fuck with someone's laptop off the US, yeah. off the remote control. You can put like the wallpaper <laughs> as if they're DJing. Yeah. Oh shit! But you yeah. just see like the world coming. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? yeah. That's not Damn, right. Man. That's just not right. Yeah, we're just. This is part one. We still got a lot more coming. So do you want to do a little intermission and take yeah, a shot? Yeah, maybe we can take yeah. a shot. Let's do a shot. I, had, yeah. I actually asked D Miles the other day. I was like, Yo, do you guys ever drink when you're doing the podcast? We he did said only once. We did one. Do say twice, right? Twice, yeah. I forgot about friends, and we did do say. Ross one, we three. Ross one drank three. three Ross one drank what wine? Nah, (laughs) vodka. Right? I think he 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 was like, yo, let me loosen up, and he took like a shot of vodka. Oh no, yo, so I ran into you on Saturday, and I was like, yo, like I love at the Rhino at Casa Azul. I was like, that's my shit, and you're like, no way. Yo, so 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 this is my intermission. This is this goes into like a whole other subject. Speaking of plug walk, yeah, let me hear. So. I'll I'll say the true story. The true story is I got asked like a lot of DJs to be on a on a campaign for a tequila brand, and yeah. 
I was like, well, yeah. So first of all, a lot of DJs don't get asked to get uh, no, ambassadors. You see a lot of ambassadors right now. You see a lot of ambassadors. It's only I haven't gotten that call from 1942 yet. Yeah, yeah, he said, yeah. It. okay. Um, so yeah, so I got a my bad. Let me drop this. So I got the call to to be down with the tequila brand. So your uncle called you. Huh? My uncle called my fucking uh, Raul, <laughs> no, um, and um, I was like, oh, it's dope. Like after all these years of Patron and drinking all this shit, like. I finally can get like paid to drink some tequila, and and I'm big on like representing my brand correctly and yeah. and truthfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, shit, that's not really my favorite tequila. I'm being this is completely honest. And I was like, I really fuck with Classy Azul. So what I did was I hit up Andrew Goldberg, who you guys know. Tal oh Group, yeah. And I was like, yo, like I know. We're all spreading the. We're giving away like we're the tequila shots. shots right now. This is like Costco. We're passing us shots. So, so before we drink this, I, I was like, "Yo, I want to meet someone from Classe Azul. Like, I want to like talk to this brand before I get down with another brand." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "All right, cool." I long story short, sat with the owners, talked to them. They looked like me. They looked at me like I was fucking crazy. They were like, "You want us to pay you to drink our tequila?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, nah, it's more than that. I can do this. I can do that." They're like. We don't even we don't pay anybody to drink our tequila. We don't even pay restaurants to put it on the shelf. We just make good tequila. Mm. Start drinking. They start getting a kick out of it that I don't speak Spanish. They're like, "You're Mexican. Your parents are born in Mexico. You can't speak Spanish." And I'm like, "Nah, like I don't speak Spanish." We go in. We start talking. Three hours later, they're like, "I don't know what we're gonna do, but we're gonna work together." And I was like, "All right, cool. Let's figure it out." And they're like, "And we're not gonna be able to pay you the money the other brands are able to pay you." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't care." Like I'm good. Like I'm. I just want to drink what I want to drink. Like I want to be down with it. And and another long story short, after I went to Mexico with them, I learned how tequila's made. I learned the whole brand, and I was like, "This is why I fuck with this this tequila." So I've been drinking this. Was it Jalisco? Yeah, this, this shit better be good, man. It's good because I, I hate tequila. So. The thing is, like, I've been to Jalisco, and but, that's where they make the good tequila. Yeah, you yeah. got. Well, it's just like any tequila. It, it has to be made in in Jalisco in the tequila region. Just like if you drink champagne, it has to be made in champagne region. If you drink cognac, it has to be made in cognac region. Tequila is what based from agave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This okay. blue bottle is crazy looking. So yeah, so. Uh, hey, to honestly, to us being able to do what we fucking love to do. Nice. Oh, Cheers. Like Cheers. 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 Thank you, Vice. Thank you. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Smooth. Yeah. God, it's yeah, smooth. It's, good. it's smooth. It doesn't. It doesn't have that. Uh. <laughs> no. Why wow, don't? Right. D saying it's smooth, but he looked fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> He's like it's one of the smoothest things I've ever had. No, I just no, I love it. So what's what's good. so on on top of that, like to be truthfully honest, is that um now that the tequila's kicking in, is that I'm also representing a brand that no one else is representing. Mm-hmm. I'm like I stepped away from yeah, but it's the pack. it's authentic because you it's like very it, authentic. Yeah. Like I, I do honestly, I'm not making the money I would have made, but I don't I really don't care. I'm I'm a longer term. With the brand that I like and that I believe in, dude, and that's the same way I've I've always been. I dude, I I really hated. There was a group of y'all. Uh, it was like you, Deluxe, yeah, Sife, Big Sife. Yep. Shout out to Big yeah. Sife, uh-huh. Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, y'all would y'all would just keep repping Patron, and we got no dollars. Yeah, but it was the worst shit ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's Patron time. Remember and that Swiss beast yeah, drop that we yeah. all had? You guys all had that. And I was like, yo, these guys keep drinking this fucking awful shit. And I, it was to the point where I didn't want to come to the booth to say hi. Because yeah, you, you were going to give me a shout out fucking Patron. <laughs> you want to know, shit on Patron, you wanna know but an embarrassing story? Yeah. I thought, and I don't have any tattoos. I don't think any of us in here do, huh? I do. Mm. Okay. I, I, I thought 
like maybe I'll get the Patron like oh, little Jesus, thing right bro. here. I'm like, glad you didn't do it, man. <laughs> I also on this trip on this trip to Mexico, I also learned. I, I asked when I was out there, I was like, yo, like, am I just like stupid that I used to drink that much Patron? Like, was it ever good? And they explained the story of like the brand separated from its distillery five five years into the brand. So the, the tequila actually changed. Wow. So when we first started drinking Patron, like all like all of us did, it actually was a brand called Siete Leguas in Mexico. Damn, I'm sounding so Mexican now. Like this. I, <laughs> that's, that's, funny. That's, that's a pretty good accent. No, I can pronounce it. The funny thing he can say it, I and it's really good. Shit. I can say my fucking he last name, bro. He can roll his Aguirre, puto. Listen. He can't say, he can't, he can't say azul. Uh, yeah, it's, it's he a can, little sketchy. He can't even say though, azul. azul. He's like, azul. Yeah, I'm like, what azul. the fuck? Darren, Darren, say azul. Azul. Say azul. 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 Gesundheit. There it is. Say azul. <laughs> Thank you. Azul. So, so Patron used to be good, and they just, yeah, you know, it's owned by like Videl Sassoon or Paul, Paul Mitchell. Paul Mitchell, That's yeah. Paul Mitchell. That's even, even more yeah. reason not yeah. to yeah. drink yeah. that shit. So from it got, when motherfuckers who make shampoo is making your liquor, that's a problem. <laughs> that don't sound right. So, so Obi-Wan is, is, and Five are like the first DJs that really took me under their wing in Vegas. And, and Obi-Wan's story is like when we first started playing Body English, I would order vanilla Stoli and pineapple. That was my drink. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> one to two of those, I was good. That was my shit. Wow. And then Obi finally called me out. He's like, yo, bro, you can't drink this shit. I remember he's like, you can't order a vanilla stolium it's pineapple. Like a, it's, a, it's like a thought drink, no? Yeah, it's like a little fucking <laughs> thought drink with an umbrella on it. And my whistle was swirling. It went, <laughs> every time he drank. Fucking, <laughs> it was like every time I said, so he was like, yo, you got to drink something else. Like, you can't drink this. And I was like, fuck, I'm Mexican. I might as well start drinking tequila. So I really didn't like wow, start man. drinking till like 2004, like in Vegas and body. Wow. Yeah, I drank a little bit, of course, like here and there. But and it, it became such a big part. But hip hop, it was fucking hip hop. It was, but I will say it was because because I, I, mean? I met you in 2005. Yeah. And, by, and then. Throughout the years, it became a larger part of your whole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're drunk already. They're dropping. I, I try to be smart. I was like, "Y'all tell you, like, no, just That's throw only it. one <laughs> shot." Well, like it became a big part. I feel like it became a big part of like of a brand, right? Of Our your of the DJ Vice brand, the Patron, right? Yeah. Uh, true. The shots, and then like also bringing in tables, entertaining people. Yeah. And then I remember, did did it become? Was that natural or did it become too crazy? Because nah. I remember at one point you were like, I'm not drinking. I'm, yeah, and you yeah, were like yeah, yeah. sober for like two like, years. For like a year and a half almost. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I don't want to say like it fucked with the brand. Yeah. But you were like, Fuck. God, you're good, bro. You're a fucking good interviewer. You're no. right. Yeah. Well, I was like, it kind <laughs> you're of. fucking right. right <laughs> well, you're so, it. Like, well, here's the thing. It's, it's like when you saw Vice, right? He was the dude. It was like a fucking party in the booth. It was, like, it was you know, an experience, you're actually. You're, in a charismatic, good way, yeah. you're yeah. a charismatic guy. Yeah. And it was like, wow, like it's crazy. It's turned up. It's almost to the point where the dance floor was just like watching y'all. Like, like wild the fuck like out. We want some of that. It was like the, the DJ booth was the VIP section. Yeah. 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 And everyone wanted to be there. Yeah. And then he was, it was Patron. It was Patron time, Patron time. And it was just like. <laughs> like 17 dudes. Yeah, 17 dudes. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. So, and then wait. And then, and then at a certain point, I, I want to know what happened. I want to know when you said, look, I got to cut this liquor shit out. Yeah. But when he cut it out, it was like. All of a sudden, it was quiet. Crickets. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say like, <laughs> you want to hear the real story? And it, at a certain, <laughs> at a certain point, I feel like you were like, "Fuck, I gotta, I gotta drink again. This isn't yeah. working." 
Like yeah. this is I've I've made this brand of being like the party guy, and then all and now I'm like. You know, now people are like expecting the party guy. Yeah. Like, yo, Vice, yo, let's do a shot. Like, oh, man, I don't drink. And they're getting the, the DJ. Like, oh, man, he's just fucking DJ. Yeah. 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 Um, so here's the real story. Because I love when people say, oh, I stopped drinking. I'm like, why? They're like, no, nah, I'm just taking a break. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Chill. Something happened. It's health related. You right? did something. <laughs> yeah. I, think you, I think you told me this story before. It was during the Lavo days. Oh, yeah. It's Lavo yeah. days. Um, so, so, so. Going back to I started really like drinking in 2004. I look at I look at Body English and I look at the Hard Rock Hotel as my like I went to college. I got I joined a frat. I was Friday nights Body English resident, Saturday night Tao resident, Sunday night Body English Sunday school resident. Mm -hmm. So I was mm -hmm. in Vegas Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I've never lived here. I've had a place here, but I've never lived here. And I was living in the Hard Rock Hotel. It's fucking crazy. Like that's mind blowing this, to me. And this was during the rehab days when it was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It was a party mm -hmm. hotel. So I, I went to, I had, I had my own frat room and, and upstairs of the hotel. So I, I'm, I'm drinking, I'm partying, I'm, I'm learning how to, how to drink with everyone. And I'm like, this is fucking nuts. Like, so drinking, 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 Lavo opens, I'm doing Lavo. And it's New Year's Eve weekend when we all play like six gigs in a row or like it's right. gig after gig after gig. And I remember <clears throat> my girl is asleep in the room waiting for me because we're supposed to fly out on vacation. <clears throat> and... I was out and I remember being, if you're in Vegas and you're a local here, you might see it. There's this fucking extended stretched pink Hummer that is still my worst nightmare. Cause yeah. I remember jumping into it after Lavo and I was like, and everyone was like, we're going to the Rhino. And I was like, I'm not going to the Rhino, drop everybody off at the Rhino and take me to my hotel. And then I, I fell asleep in the, in the, in the pink Hummer. <laughs> like hangover? <laughs> like fell asleep in the pink Hummer. And the driver couldn't wake you up or something? I'm just, I don't know what the fuck happened. He just, I'm asleep. I'm dead asleep. He drops everyone at the Rhino. I wake up and the fucking car is driving down the strip. And I'm like, bro, take me to my hotel. He's like, I don't know where I'm supposed to take you. And I'm like, the Cosmo. At the time, the Cosmo had just opened. He takes me to the Cosmo and I'm like, oh shit, we definitely missed our flight. We definitely oh, missed our girl, flight. And your girl was tight. And my girl was like, yo. And we, she's like, we missed it. And I, and I always give what time was that flight? I think it was like a 6 a.m. or so. Yeah, it was what, early. What kind of shit was that? Yeah, man. 7 a.m. maybe. I'll give it 7 maybe. That's yeah, not, it's still early. That's it's not your early. fault. But you, I, you set I yourself up for failure. hundred <laughs> percent. You blame it. <laughs> I, 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 I had a fucking. Yo, but, but hold on. Lava was fucking popping i had yo, i had, a, he, had a, he, yo he tried to blame that shit on a pink hummer yo, i know right no no because that, that, hummer scares me. that hummer scares me i've seen it so so um like lava was popping we had like a fucking i, I started a b-boy circle at the end of the night omarion was in it Afrojack was doing windmills it was like some other shit it wasn't omarion it was me no <laughs> tory lanes was in the building and uh and and we get back and i remember and i'm like fuck it like, wasn't and, I, and i and i and i knew like i fucked up and I'll, I'll, I'll own my own shit. I'll whatever fuck up. And and my girl is, is on truth has never said stop drinking or don't drink. She's like, yo, just get your shit under control. Like you fucking missed. We missed our vacation. Mm. We're supposed to go on vacation. Life coach. And I was like, oh my, all right, I got this. And I was like, then I started going through like if anyone's ever tried to not drink, like you just go through the um, detox. Well, not detox. Withdrawals? It was more like this. Like, nah, I don't even have that because I'm. <laughs> I, I only drink when I'm DJing. It's fucking crazy. Right. Um. I go through that. Well, maybe I'll do one shot a night. Well, maybe I'll do one drink and right. one shot. Maybe mm -hmm. I'll do this, and then and then it was like, yo, in my mind, I was like, either you fucking drink or you don't drink. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and that was also the year I was getting married. So I was like, January fucking first. All right, no drinking. 
one month, 30 months, let me just try and do no alcohol. And then you start stop drinking. And then I, I stop drinking. Then one month goes by, two months goes by, three months goes by. I, I get a role manager. I get an assistant. I, I, I open up, I start my own production company. I start getting all this shit like popping like together. Yeah, and you, you, were, you were sober and productive. I was just fucking productive as shit. Like boom, 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 boom. And I set up shop. And I'm also planning a wedding this whole year. So I'm getting like everything done. But you're right. Then it's then my DJ sets are like, I'm not even looking up. I'm fucking staring down. I'm trying to do doubles again. I'm like super into DJ mode. And then I realize those customers that were coming out and popping bottles are like, oh, fuck, we're not going to buy him four bottles of Ace or we're not going to buy him two bottles of Patron. We're not going to buy like it's kind of quiet. And then a, 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 a club owner was like, yo, from, they went from saying like, hey, make sure you keep your drinking under control, like in the DJ booth, to like, hey, what's going on? Like, we got to step this shit up. But I, so I have a question about yeah. that because do you think you put yourself in a position where you became almost like a promoter? Yeah, and because like you know when I think of like certain DJs like an AM, like he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, about what the club wanted to hear. Right. He didn't give a fuck at all. At all. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck about the tables. Yeah. He would just do whatever he wanted and it was kind of like uh, it was just kind of like a a very different DJ when you were very much like like a promoter or like a, a personality yeah. you're like all, like a DJ and like a slash host. I would I would cringe some nights cuz AM would finish his set like in LA at 2 on the dot and they'd be like cut it and he wouldn't even like fade it out. He would just slap the fader down like Music's off, let's go. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I can't even do that to this day. Like, I have to, like, end a party on, like, a fade-out transition, smooth it out, make sure everybody's right, good. Right. I'm a fucking people pleaser. I've always been that. I know that's my strength and weakness. It's a strength and weakness. But when I didn't drink for that year, I learned from myself how to be like, yo, fuck you. I'm not drinking with you. Like, there's so many times to this day, like, that was my, that was when I, like, worked out for a muscle for a year that I never knew that I had that to be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like you're the dude I don't even fucking know. You're the dude that's bringing me a shot that like, just for your, like, I don't need to take a shot with you, bro. I'm good. Like I'll drink with my friends. I'll drink with other people I want. But like, it was like, I really learned how to strengthen a muscle to be like, to say no. For me, that's hard. Some people have it in you like, hey, you could be like, fuck you. That's what I do. Or you could be like, fuck mm -hmm. you. I don't want to play that. Like, but it's, it's, that's, I know what my weakness is. And that, that was always it. I would just say yes to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take a shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it would be like, yo, chill. You're just yeah, yeah. fucking making all these other people out. You're not doing it for you. Mm. You know what I mean? It, it's crazy because like, uh, like me, I get anxiety thinking when I have to be a promoter, like, right. a, like a host. Cause yeah. I get anxiety because I, it, to me, like, I have more control over the music and controlling a crowd. Yeah. And then for me, it's like I get pressure. I feel the pressure of like, man, I have to like be this party guy or I have to do that shit. Yeah. But did you did you not feel that? Like, did you kind of, was it kind of like a blessing and a curse? But like, you know, like you're kind of like, wow, like I nah, have to be this promoter and shit. Not at all. Not really? I'm, in, I'm truly enjoying it. Like I, it, it doesn't bother me, but I trip out when some people are like, oh, fuck, I had a DJ again tonight. Like, I like DJing. I've never <laughs> not liked DJing. I've never, like, maybe I'm tired and I don't want to fly or, like, I don't want to go to that. But, like, yeah. I've never got on and be like, oh, fuck, all right, here we well, go. But does it, does it sometimes feel like maybe, like, when you go to in a night? Yeah. I, know you've, I know we always focus on the music. We're yeah. DJs. But does it maybe sometimes seem like uh, I'm maybe focusing on 
the hosting or the promoting more than the DJing sometimes? Or is it just because of the pressure? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm focusing, honestly, I'm focusing on the crowd a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually did some work recently um, with a uh, hypnotherapist yeah. to, to stop worrying about everyone in the fucking crowd. Because I literally will like look at the crowd and, I, and I'll focus on one person that's not having a good time. Mm. And my energy will go to that person, yeah. And my energy will be on them, and I'm DJing. I'm like, fuck, fuck. Should I change it? Right. Should I? Mm. Should I? Should I? They're not feeling. But there's a thousand other people yeah, having a right. fucking good time, and I literally like, if you ever catch me, like I do it. I low pro like basically like cut their energy off. Like I fucking have to be like, yo, don't worry about that one person. And that's the people pleaser in me. Like that's the gift and the curse. Like the the gift is that I'm making sure everybody's happy. But like when that one person's not happy, I have to be like cut it so at the same time when i'm having fun with everyone in the booth like i'm still fucking reading the crowd like yeah, I'm, a, yeah. I'm engaged i'm engaged so it's it's yeah it's it's, it's that's definitely def- that's definitely harder though when you're sober right when you see that one yo, dude fuck that one dude <laughs> <laughs> yo when you're sober i'm so in my head yeah when I'm you're sober so it's head. such a mind fuck when yeah. you see like two people not dancing or a table yeah. not feeling you it fucks your whole head up whereas yeah. when you when you're drinking you know you get you that you get that kind of conf- like not that confidence you're just kind of more you know eye to eye yes. with the crowd right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and 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 i I will do sets when I don't even drink, and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, if I have to like do some shit the next morning, where it's like really like, yeah, yeah. don't don't fuck this up. Like, make sure you're up, make sure you're operating. Like, yeah, I don't have to drink, but like, I'll throw some tequila shots back if I want to, and sometimes I throw too many back. <laughs> so so when so when you were in your st- sober stage, and then we were like, yo, I got to get back to drinking. Was it? A pressure applied by like the venues or no. the management? I just got bored. You got bored. <laughs> I just got a little bit like. Because um, you were saying like you know like the tables weren't sending you four bottles of yeah. Ace of Spades, so the club has to be feeling some some sort of way. Yeah. Like it's some I mean, type something of way, was right? something was mentioned to me, but I'm I was more like I had set up shop for like a year and a half, like production production studio um, assistant, the road manager started and all yeah, that yeah. shit, and and then I was like, oh shit, like I had a, like a flow, like things were starting to work, so I was like, uh-huh. okay, cool. I'll have a glass of champagne. I'll have this. I'll have that. I was like, only sake, only wine. I was like, I don't even drink wine. So yeah. like, yeah, it was it was just like more like me getting back into a comfort zone and be like, all right, I'm ready to okay. I'm ready to to drink if I want to drink now. Yeah. And to this day, like, I still know that I have that muscle to be like, I can stop if I want to right now. Right. I right. cannot drink, and I really only drink when I DJ. I'm not at home like, let me pour some tequila. Like, I don't fucking do that. I don't even drink yeah. wine. Like, I'm not even like, yeah, I'm very. My my girl's like, let's crack a bottle of wine. I'm like. You crack a bottle of wine. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, if, even if it's a good bottle, I'm like, it tastes like church. <laughs> Was it like you attributed, like you kind of like attributed that flow to like not drinking to so like, maybe there's something to this. Yeah, maybe this yeah. is a good thing. Totally, totally. Like, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know what, for this long of a fucking ride to start DJing in 92 and it'd be 2018 to just have like these little bumps up and down, like you have, to, like I have to have those shits to learn and to grow and to keep becoming who i am and shit yeah, i yeah. still I, I still can't even believe that i'm fucking turning 40 in october and i'm still djing like that i'm still and i'm still excited to do it like yeah. you asked me to do the podcast i'm still excited to talk about djing like it seems fake honestly a lot of people like uh, i know people that i was fucking dude just like it's not like i'm it's not it's never been a business to me it's been a happiness as gay as that shit may sound or yeah, as yeah. weird mm-hmm. as it sounds or as like as i guess you can't even say that word gay anymore 
as uh, <laughs> you can I mean, say it on here. No, nah, as, as non manly as that sounds. I'm comfortable with my shit. Um, <laughs> it, it's just as as yeah, and and I think uh, for me, like I know, like a lot of people, are like yo, how long are you gonna be DJing? I got asked that like two like two weeks ago by like family, other side of the family. I'm like, until someone get, stops paying me. When are you going to get a real job? First? Yeah, <laughs> I had that when I was back in the day. And then when I got the radio check, then my dad was like, all right. Cool. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, crazy. good, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been a long fucking ride, and there's still so much more to do, and there's still so much more I'm doing right now. Well, you, you mentioned your production. Yeah. Uh, you were setting up a production studio, yeah. and you've been doing... What, what year was that when you set that up? 2012. Yeah, 2012, yeah. I, I, uh, I signed three three producers to me, and I basically rented a studio in downtown LA that had four rooms. I had one, and then the other three guys had the other rooms. So you, like, created a label, or what is it? Well, we like actually did create a label, too. We had we have Flight Club Music, okay. which is... Ooh, uh, Flight yeah. Club's gonna come knocking yeah, they come door. I have it trademarked, bro. I'm good. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so is Vice, and so is DJ Vice. Wait, Vice? Vice as, like, even the channel? This is a whole different shit. I'm trademarked before them. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> They're paying that check. I've talked to them. I had to meet with them. Really? Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So when I set up the production studio... Wait, wait what was that meeting like with Vice? Because I own the entertainment trademark of Vice, like, as an entertainer. And they started throwing South by Southwest shows. Yeah. With eight... Uh, Vice presents A-Track, Rick Ross, blah, blah, blah. And, like, so people were hitting me like, yo, you're throwing a show? I'm like, that's not me. And then at the same time, I had dropped DJ and I just used Vice. And uh, then, like, the association started kind of crossing back and forth yeah. so their lawyer reached out to my lawyer and was like hey what the fuck and then we're like hey fuck you <laughs> did you send them a cease and desist no because like dude they're they're viacom they're owned by like a major corporation right, right, so right. i've learned like lawsuits and you're like you don't fuck around with them they're, you're like yeah. they could drown me they could just pull a lawsuit out and like ride it out for three years and i'll be go broke right so it was more like hey how do you want to work this out so it's more like you put your flyer Every flyer you put out has to have your logo, Vice. And I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. That's it. And then add the registered trademark, and I have to add that too. That's so crazy. It's like, there's so much business behind this shit that wait, a lot wait, of DJs wait. don't like learn. So you yeah. drop you drop DJ Vice? Yeah, it just I was just DJing, and it was Vice. And then I got into my state where I was like, I opened up, I started the label, the productions, and I was like, I've been a DJ forever, and I'm still a DJ, but I'm. I just like was like on some Diddy shit. I think <laughs> I don't know. So all this around the same time as production. Yeah, and I was just like, I'll just change just to vibe. And it, honestly, I looked at it like it's a dope little branding moment just to like drop uh -huh. it and get people back. Like, Why are you not a DJ anymore? You're not a DJ. You're Vice. Like that. I'm. You I'm change. into like just so, making people ask questions and be like, Why are you doing that? You're not a DJ. I'm like, I'm always a fucking DJ. Yeah. So now you're back to DJ Vice. No, it's just you, Vice. Just Vice now. Sometimes on the mic I say Vice, sometimes I say DJ Vice. <laughs> <laughs> Check out my channel Vice Line too. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So you signed three producers. So I signed three producers. I started working with them, learning how like how because I knew how to like produce, but I wasn't gonna spend 15 hours on a fucking snare and kick and like sit. I'm very comfortable with that. Right, we had right. a conversation about this the other day. I'm very comfortable with that. I don't. I like to be as honest and transparent as I can. So when you when you sign three producers, yeah, you so like you scouted producers, yeah. And I then you I moved one from Australia to work with me and got him a fucking visa and God moved his damn. wife. Moved his wife like. I was like, you're so dope. Like, I'm down to work. And he with lives you. in your basement. An <laughs> <laughs> Eagle Rock. I am, I invested a lot of my money into just trying to make shit pop. Like, and and literally still in debt from it. So, really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to 
what kind of producers were they, by the way? Just like, more EDM like, to hip hop. We had Sergeant Slick was one of them, right? Sergeant Slick was one of them. Demo Golden. So you listen to a bunch of DJs. I mean, producers, and then you just said. Well, the, these are the guys I like. Yeah, and then I and then I wanted to meet with them and like see if I could sit in a room with them for fucking eight hours uh-huh. and see if I could stand them, you know, and be <laughs> cool with them and like be excited to work on music. So we had a studio in downtown LA and just worked and worked and worked on records and and trying to do music. And so you just had him on payroll and had him on payroll and just try to work. I'd work on music with them. And when did like, you start that? Fuck yeah, that was like 2012. Yeah, 2012, 2013. I mean, when that, that I and the first record we finalized was "World Is Our Playground" with Mike Taylor on it, and that was like, okay, I can put this one out as a and single. And it was three of you guys and you working on that and on music. That was music an EDM record. Right? I, yeah, it was an EDM record. I went that's back so and forth. Vice, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and it was a lot of. That's fucking a huge money. investment. That just, sounds like about half a million dollars was, to me. That's probably what I'm in the fucking hole still. <laughs> a year, but that's like a year though. I think. I mean, no, no, not a year, but I mean, it was a lot, but I mean, it was, uh, fuck, it was the, it was what, it was a learning experience. It's worth it. Why would, for why me, they're, was, not, they're not still signed with no, you? No, right? no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Okay. This, how long were they signed for you? Like a contract uh, for worked, a year? We all worked. No. Yeah. It was a year at a time, but I think we all worked together like three years mm. and then, and then just kept trying to put out music and records and then learning how, even though I worked on radio and learning how to work records, there's so much fucking to it. And there's so much money that has to go, even though you're have that then to put out a record and to invest the money in it to promote it and then to get clearances on shit and like yeah to get the artist i wanted was even more money if i want to get a feature on a record and like it just kept adding up and adding up was so, it the money that kept you only on the edm lane or because you never did hip-hop nah, really. i just i realized like i would try and work with rappers yeah. and every rapper that i first wanted i couldn't afford because they'd all want crazy money to uh-huh. do a verse and second time the sessions i got in with rappers I fucking I even though I'm in hip hop, I felt out of place. Like I don't smoke weed. I don't really I didn't drink in the studio. Like I would try and like vibe in certain sessions and there was no one that was fucking exciting me. Mm. Like I want MCs. Like it's so it's so hard like I want Andre 3000 on a fucking record. He's not like I couldn't get him at the time. You know what so I mean? So like, like a big Sean wouldn't work for nah, you. Nah, fuck no. Like and and I honestly truthfully I didn't have the hustle like I respect A-Track so much because he goes out and finds these fucking rappers. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I'm like, who are these dudes? Like, where do you find mm-hmm. them? How do you get them? You know what he I mean? He was like, early on Kirk He was early on all that shit. Like, yeah. So, but what is it? It was also the time. I mean, the time people wanted EDM. EDM. And, and you know. also, as, as, as much as a lot of people don't know, like, I've always been into dance, but more into dance like Eric Murillo, Roger Sanchez, like... Uh, the you know fucking like house Kenny music, Dope real like house music. real house music yeah. and I've always to this day I've always wanted to break and play out of the country because it's still a goal mm. that I have that I I don't get mm-hmm. no one's fucking booking me in Brazil yeah. no one's booking me in Portugal no one's booking me in in anywhere in South America or in Europe like the gigs I've played out of the country they were just kind of like the open format ish gig you know I just played Dubai like two weeks ago and it was like still super open format. And I, I went to see Black Coffee the night before. I'm like, fuck, that's dope. You could play like, yeah. I, I could do it. Like I could play like two hours of fucking house music and be happy. But I don't ever get that. You kind of always want what you don't get, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like the fucking rappers want to be basketball players and the basketball players want to be rappers. And I still want to play like a gig where I play like two hours of house music. Where I could play real house music, where I like, want to play what I want to play. So I wanted to do dance music to get out of the u.s like i'm blessed to play back and forth across the country does that come into also because i remember you used to do heavy on the turntables and 
I remember I saw you at Playhouse and you had the CDJs. I was I like, switched. what the fuck is he doing? Pissed everybody out. And I shouldn't yeah. Have <laughs> As a fan, I was like, yo, fuck No, this. I was, dude, you guys, can you relate to this? Remember that moment you were always fucking DJing in internal mode? Oh, I would turn around and, and, and a fucking piece of confetti would land right on the vinyl and it would go around <laughs> and hit it and like, and it went, fuck. Or the fucking Afro tip would be on the tip of the needle on the shirt and I'd be like, fuck. I hate that. Yeah. And it would just glide off. So it was like, I was always worried about the music shutting off and I, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to switch. Even I'm though you were doing it on purposely, you were scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, do you think you have the same control when you're on CDJ? No, nah, I mean I do now, but not my cuts. My cuts are not anywhere as close to me, as like. Because to me, and I'm not doubling and doing <clears throat> shit like that. Yeah, because to me, the control is more important than the actual music shutting off. You know what I mean? Like, I think having that control and uh, and doing that, especially when you're doing like hip hop and different yeah. genres, I think that's like really really important. And I think the CD. I mean, there's there's some DJs that are really really good on CDJ. So mm-hmm. I'm speaking for myself only. But, uh, like, you know, when I'm on CDJs, I do feel slightly handicapped. It's like you have a condom on. A, a, maybe even worse. You know? <laughs> I was a condom on and a limp dick. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, <laughs> just hitting the spaghetti dick. Just, yeah. just trying to get in there. <laughs> it's but, true, though. But, I, I mean, I think also at ED, like, because, you know, we're talking about, when, when was this? Like, what year was this? 2011, 2000 something? 2012. I remember that because I would be at Playhouse I, I a lot. I know that the music was shifting towards EDM. It yeah. was definitely shifting towards EDM. And I think also there was this, I think, I, I know what you mean. You wanted to be like a festival DJ, right? Yeah. You wanted to do big, because like even even when you're talking like from your, from your roots, you're like wow look at the dj and look at how they're making these people react and right. the control right mm. and i see like what you want is a bigger and bigger bigger stage you want a bigger platform yeah and at the time probably edm was maybe the biggest platform right it was a very like a growing platform for that so like i think also the stigma is like you know to be at the top or to be considered that dj right i i gotta have the cdjs too because there might be that interpretation of like Oh, he's a hip hop DJ. Oh, he's not very EDM. Much so. Yeah, like back so, then, everyone was like, "Oh, so you're it's, on it's turntables." Almost, it's almost kind of like you know, you if we that. if we go back to like radio, you're like, mm-hmm. "Nah, I want to I want to do what a, I want to do the clubs that AM's yeah. doing. I'm gonna get rid of radio." Yeah, I mean, and then it's kind of like, "Wow, I want to do those festival. I want to do those big platforms." No one's putting turntables up. No, there I want I want to go to the CDJs. Yeah. So yeah. is that something that you kind of felt too? Like you're like, this is another stage that I want to go up on. Yeah. Like, and to get to the stage. I kind of have to change. I mean, I played a EDC. little bit. I played EDC the first year it was here in Vegas. Yeah, and I put turntables up, and I remember that. I was, and I was you that. I was in fucking internal mode the whole fucking time, back and forth. Really? Because I was worried it was rumbling, and they didn't have like the right setup. Uh-huh. Like the shit was like bouncing, and I was like, right. "Fuck!" And I, and even on <clears throat> even on that one, like the first drop, like the first big record I played, the fucking music shut off. And luckily it wasn't me, and I was looking at my laptop like fuck it crashed like i'm on a laptop you made Everyone's a video on, on that Remember, i did that that's video, how it started yeah. off and it cut and it was like oh shit and i was like and and really it was like actually the, the system the equipment shut off but it was like looking i was like fuck this is my fault this is my fault like but it really wasn't but i mean there was all those those factors there was a factor that i knew that in festivals no one was fucking with turntables like they weren't setting that up for people right snakes mm-hmm. like the only dude around that actually uses turntables. track sometimes uses, uh, uses uh, sometimes diplo He's, uses turntables that's, nah, no, he's on CDJs. Nah, he's CDJs. He's on CDJs. What about Mark Ronson? Yeah. Is nah. he on turntables too? Mark? I don't know. I'm not sure. 
I, I remember I saw and, her. And no one takes care of, I mean, do any of you guys pay on turntables still? Yeah. Does, does anyone, do, how much? <laughs> Once in a while. Don't fucking lie, I know the camera's on you, but don't, I no, mean. I do. How many times are the, is the, the connection fucked up or the, the, the art? No one services turntables that much anymore, do they? I, know, I mean, it, I don't really go through that. No? Only time I go through that is when I'm in New York because mm -hmm. they don't give a shit in New York. They're like, the equipment's it. the worst. The tone arms bend yeah, the yeah. shit. They're like, the yeah, that's horrible. The way. But you're right, though. Going back to your point, it was, it was a mixture of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like, I, I've... I've always worked on staying relevant because I don't want to stop DJing. Mm -hmm. So I've always like maneuvered to be like what works so it's more for like my brand to be like truthful to it. Yeah. So okay. I, I still can do some of the shit I do on turntables on CDJs, but right. not everything. And also at the same time, I also was comfortable with the fact like no one gives a shit about me doing those doubles anymore in the club. And right, like, right. and that's all for me or for the, the eight DJs that are there to watch me play or something like that. Like the times I do get into it, I start cutting a little bit. I'm like looking around and everyone, everyone's like, oh, no, I shit. You were one of the first people I knew that was on Serato DJ. Yeah. I even came to like a um, workshop at Crossover. Yes. And um, yes. how do you feel about uh, the DJ Pro? I'm, no. I haven't. I actually haven't switched to pro yet. Oh, I'm dude, still Serato DJ, but I was early on Serato DJ, yeah, and everyone yeah. still fucking hates it. And they're like, "Oh, I don't mind." Well, well, like, you still well, scratch live? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just still use so pro. New York. <laughs> I just started <laughs> using pro like barely like two weeks ago. Yeah, no, I'm I'm heavy on. I don't know. Like Serato. I would hear like horror stories of Serato DJ just shutting down. The, no, yeah. the crashing power. Like it yeah. just starts moving by itself. You're like, what the fuck? So I'm I'm in. I'm into figuring out like what's the issue. Like the other day, I, I like, probably a month ago or two months ago, I took Deluxe with me to go down to Serato in downtown LA, yeah. and I was like, "Yo, what's new? What's going on? Is my laptop right?" Da, da, da. And Deluxe is like, "I don't give a shit. I'm just gonna stay on Scratch Live." I'm into like how can my shit get better? Like mm -hmm. how can the show be improved? You want to continuously evolve. I I completely yeah. so adapt, do. Adapt, 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 adapt. I completely yeah. do. Yeah, because honestly, I don't want to get left behind in like you're the old DJ that doesn't know right. what the fuck plug walk is. <laughs> you old ass DJ. I was like, shit. See, so like, <clears throat> so when you when you were like, uh, when when everything was shifting to EDM, it was around the time like rest in peace to AM. You know when he passed. Right. Did you think? Because we have this conversation a lot. Do you think that EDM would have been as big? And we know that AM played certain electro music that and stuff punk, like yeah. that. He played EDC. But do you too. think yeah. it would have been as big? If he was still alive, I think so. I, Adam was a fucking rave head. Yeah, like he used to go to a lot of, and he played shit to me. Like when we'd be at the crib, like two bad mice and shit like that. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Well, no, I. But also, do you think like, you know, the D, the the kind of the EDM DJs that weren't DJing yeah. that were doing like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that were getting big money and doing all that. Yeah. Do you think that would have been as acceptable if he was still alive? You I, think he would have said something? I think, uh, yeah, I feel that Adam's show would have been still an AM show. A lot of fucking rave. EDM but how do you show. think he would have felt about? It? He wouldn't have said shit. He would have been cool. Nah, with Adam it? would say shit for sure. The fucking Twitter would be out of control. <laughs> I think Adam would have been like more vocal on. But shit don't. Than but any don't of you think are. that would have been that would have actually hurt everything a little bit more? I, I think. I mean, I think that whole fucking movement would have came here no matter what because yeah, yeah. there was so much money behind it. There was so much money like happening in nightclubs and bottle service and all that shit. Like uh -huh. that people were excited for a new wave. It's a fucking wheel that we just keep seeing churning in here. Right. Right. Like yeah. 10 years, it's, it just keeps going and going and going and the wheel goes. And like we know hip hop is gigantic right now, but like what's going to be next? Because I mean, like, you know, DJs like, I don't know, me, myself, like during that time, right? Uh, you know, I, I played EDM, but I'm 
I am a hip hop open format DJ. Yeah. Never, you know, we we almost took a back burner. Yeah. Because we were kind of like, you know, when people had that stigma on a radio DJ, right? right. Like, oh, you're a radio DJ, can't do this. Yeah. You know, we kind of got that stigma. Yeah. And then at, it was at a time where we were kind of in the back burner. Were you okay with that? Huh? Were you okay with that? I thought we were, I mean, to me, it was, I understood it was like, yo, this is a trend. Yeah. Or like, this is this is popping right now. And and I think I was just, I don't know, like, I, I definitely was like wondering, because I, I always thought like, well, what's, what's going to happen? Is yeah. this going to change? Are we just going to... St- kind of like are we gonna have to play these songs or eat it i'm not gonna lie i like certain some of the edm stuff yeah. you know what i mean I, yeah. I i played it i fuck with it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but i i the change of like djs not djing yeah and all of this bullshit and like the whole finger hearts in the air and you know <laughs> you know <laughs> motherfuckers pianos and pianos. Shit. but the nightclub started evolving where it was more becoming a spectacle it was less about the music and it was be- like there was cryo there was the uh the glow dicks what do you call it? the glow cocks <laughs> Yo, I, the glow sticks yeah <laughs> no homo i got a glow 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 cock of uh dj vice I yeah got a, yeah I, I, I play it's, green. it's green yeah playhouse the playhouse green one yeah and then like uh you know what i'm saying like it, it became everything i know was about the music but it yeah. became a, a, a bigger show, a show. But, production and then i was like yeah like i was going along with it because i'm like yo this is i'm you know i'm djing i gotta make a living you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah but at, at a certain point you know obviously it shifted to hip-hop right and then like and then it just started coming back where even now those house djs that were working aren't working as much right playing hip-hop they're, now they're playing forced hip-hop. to play hip-hop you or know calvin what I mean? does a hip-hop album yeah yeah and it was like it's like funk yeah yeah hip-hop funk yeah. so like when when that shift happened did you feel like like because you because you, you want to stay on trend did you feel like oh shit because you kind of branded yourself as a festival dj yeah did you have to feel like you had to rebrand or were you already on brand and people I, knew who you were i feel stuff? i was already on for me i feel like i was already on my brand and it was like a fucking wedding like the music has just shifted again, right. and I know how to adapt. Mm-hmm. I know how to adapt at any moment, mm-hmm. even to this day. Like if someone throws me in a fucking senior citizen party, I know how to adapt yeah, and yeah. start playing the room and play the music. And I'm always about, for me, I'm always about fucking the ride. Like I'm, I'm about it. Like cool, gonna shift. Like I can go this way. There's actually, but there's actually, the thing that's hard right now for me is adapting and understanding some of the hip hop and being like, don't be fucking in your ways and not soak this shit in like try mm-hmm. and understand it because like the like i'm gonna keep using the plug walking it, if i would have been like fuck that i don't have to fuck it i'm not gonna i literally that night was back in the room like what the fuck is plug walk you didn't think oh, of typing it in at, it's a, at any nah, point fuck that. nah she was she'd be rude if she would have been cool about it like yeah, hey it's yeah, a rich yeah. the kid song yeah. do you have it i could have searched it and ross is like i have it in my lap he did he's like i have it in my lap i had it in my laptop but he's like no one wants to hear that shit in here i was like all right but i mean like i'm i'm just like a fan of DJing, whether it's and and I've always played everything. So yeah, yeah. whether it's adapting to this, adapting to that, I just want to like keep DJing. Well, like it, and it, I enjoy I enjoy playing house. I enjoy playing hip hop. I enjoy mm-hmm. fucking playing throwback shit, whatever yeah. it may be. But like, in, so with your production, yeah, do you feel like you know? Do you still want? Do you want to produce hip hop, or do you want to continue with like an EDM sound? How do you want to like? How do you want to do that? I think now that, that you see kind of like. The music shifting a yeah. little bit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. In the last like couple of years, when when I was like, because I'm signed to Atlantic Records now, 
Oh, so dope. I'm signed to Atlantic Records. When did Records. that happen? This is second year, and I'm year wow. number two now. So um, when I got signed to Atlantic in the beginning, it was kind of like everyone was kind of like, "Yo, you got to find your sound." I was like, "I don't have a fucking sound. Uh-huh. I don't." And I was that's kind of the, one of the moments where I was like getting more comfortable with the fact like my shit's never gonna make sense because right. my DJ sets don't make sense. They go this way and they go that way, and I play a Nirvana record, but I'll play a fucking hip hop record, and I'll play house shit, and I'm all over the place. And like they're like, yeah, but like every producer has a fucking sound. I'm like, I really don't care about having a fucking sound. I just want to make music that will resonate to me and that I like it and that that it'll translate to the crowd liking it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really have been, haven't had a fucking club smash. Everything I've been doing is just records that I've worked on with different producers and come up with and been like, cool, I'm into this shit. I like this vibe. Like, let's put it out, you know? So I think my music will still continually be first and this may be my only moment where I'm first and foremost first and foremost about myself like does it, do I like mm. this fucking song Wait, not being I, like this is for them I think that's funny that you don't think you should have a sound I, I don't like you really? know when when like Chucky came out I like Chucky had his fucking sound as a, yeah. as a producer yeah. like mm-hmm. or Afrojack had his sound Steve and like Aoki, and Steve, yeah like does does Khaled have a sound as hip hop or not? Besides his voice, if you took his voice off of his records, would it be like that's the Khaled sound? Kind of, yeah, a little does bit. Does he? Is I it just hip hop? Well, that's the thing. But it's all different producers he's working with. I feel Khaled's yeah. just hip hop. It's like, just hip hop. It's very hip-hop. aggressive. No particular sound. Yeah. I don't think he has a sound the way like Kanye has a sound. Yeah, or you hear a Kanye Premier has a sound. Or Jermaine Dupri has a sound. Yeah, but don't but don't you think that's when you kind of start establishing like establishing <laughs> establishing, <laughs> establishing yeah, right. excuse me establishing like an actual when you do that you create a name for yourself because there is a sound connected to to, to you and your brand you you're, know what you're I probably mean? right but yeah. honestly this is probably the point where i really don't like care. you never try to focus on i'm it. not like yo like we got to use this like no nah, i'm like i just more about like making good music with talented producers that i'm <clears throat> that Atlantic's been setting me so, up with. Well, now that you're explaining it like that, yeah. are you maybe, like, because you're still a DJ at heart, right? 100%, yeah. yeah. So are you producing stuff just as tools for your DJing? Does I that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I mean, because some 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 like, some like producers, they produce to make this, to develop a sound and to yeah. create a movement of yeah. music. Yeah. But are you creating music just to, as tools for like, yo, I want to remix the song and I want to make it more, like, club friendly so i could play this shit right. you know and then all these other djs can play it you know some some of it and is the honest some of it's like a label will pay me to to get shit done to right. do like yo remix of this like bozzy record mine that's coming out like next week i heard it it so, sounds good yeah i think so you had it in the video yeah. right yeah. so i actually got to work with the original producer of the song wow so yeah great. so that's and all that same same shit like i'm in these sessions with these dudes that are teaching me so much shit so i'm i'm actually working on records that'll enhance my set and actually give me my own, not sound, but my own fucking music in my set. Mm. And it's just another way to push myself is like, yo, you, you're got to make fucking records that'll work for you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm trying, you know, it's, yeah. it's somewhat working. Like, I don't have a fucking smash hit, but like, they're, they're playing now. And it also keeps me relevant again. It keeps me relevant again to stay out there. And, and once you have a record that fucking goes, your career changes again. The Chainsmokers' career changed after, not Selfie, but when they had their fucking radio record right. like mm-hmm. it changed for them yeah. like hands down like mm-hmm. it's so if there is another record that's going to change and like i'm going to get gigs in sweden and fucking norway then i'm mm-hmm. i'm game let's go yeah i feel like the chain smokers did establish a sound they though. have a sound though yeah yeah, they have yeah. A sound. yeah. yeah. 
They have a sound. Yeah. They have a sound. All right, fuck it. I'm going to get a sound, bro. Yeah, focus <laughs> on the sound, bro. Vice, we want you to get but up. It was, in, it was <laughs> so <laughs> different from what... There you go, the sound. That's the sound. Class ass It's a round two shot time right now. Let's do it. That's crazy. Are we good on time right now? Everything's flowing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, We're like good, 145. Good. Oh, good. Yeah. I thought it was a three-hour session. Yeah. Who's the bartender this time? Me? And then you... You guys don't mind, right? One more? Yeah, I'll take one. Yeah. We need, we well, wh- while you're pouring that, D, uh, you know, obviously you met up with D uh, at Rhino. Yeah. And then we were talking about producers. I wasn't eating chicken fingers. I skipped. That was <laughs> yeah. the first time ever. <laughs> I swear. But D, well, I mean, you you were talking about, uh, is there, like, I know you were talking with D about ghost producing. Yeah. And he was telling me, like, that's something you actually kind of, like, you want to talk about it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, so crooked. I was like, yo, like, he's ready. I'm comfortable about all that shit. I don't yeah. give a shit. Like, I'm not, I'm not the fucking not brain f- behind the computer doing everything. You don't uh, fake it. You're like, no. you're really and, and Well, I thought you wanted to, t- to shit on Ghost Producer. Oh, I, I, thought- think it's, I think it's whack. Like, when people say, oh, I produced this whole shit and this is my shit. And, like, you know four other people worked on the record. Uh-huh. Like, Kanye has a list of other people that work on his records with him, too. There's engineers. There's, there's other producers. And... I'm not about that. Like, bro, you can search credits. It's not that hard. Yeah. Right, you right. can find out yeah. who worked on records. And I do that all day to find out who I want to work with, who can make amazing shit that I can be like, yo, can I sit in? Can we work on a record? Can we do this? Like, what my single out right now, Piñata, with, I worked Cap with Cooks, G. with Cap G, Bia. So I'll, let me explain that record after we take this tequila shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I'm, I'm still I'll a little confused. It. I'm are are you are you shitting on people who ghost produce or who use ghost producers or no or no no I'm, or I'm I'm shitting on he's being honest and open hold on hold on I'll tell you what I'm shitting on I'm shitting on the fact that people aren't honest about their music and if you didn't if you didn't do it yourself don't say you fucking did it I mm. so don't say like oh I produced this I whole so record and they're like oh that's but yeah. without without saying names or anything like that yeah what did you experience like like someone coming up to you like saying like yo I did this and I did that well I experienced it on Twitter when records started coming out and they're like yo Vice didn't produce this shit at Sergeant Slick produced it and I would reply back yeah he did <laughs> and I and I sat in the studio with him and we worked on this record together. Uh-huh. And the dude was like, and his, and this guy's Twitter back in the day was just like all on like calling out ghost producers. Right. And he literally hit me. He was like, "Yo, you're the first one to reply and say, yeah, I, he did work on, he did do that record, and that I was there. Like I, I'm there. Right. I've watched Timbaland fucking work. I've seen them work. Like, and they have five sessions going on with other producers, and they jump in and say, change this, change that. Yeah. How about if we try this? So like all of us, our ear is so fucking good because we know what crowds want and we uh-huh. know what works and we know what doesn't. The dudes I work with in the studio, they don't go out. My boys, the futuristics, I have to try and drag them to go out to a fucking club, and they produce steady one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm, like yeah. and when I work, when I was with them, like their ears are so different than our ears. Our ears are trained to fucking read crowds and keep a party moving. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think there's also this like this this perception from like regular people or outside people who don't really understand yeah that you know like a movie it takes a lot of hands to make a movie yes you know even back in the day making like a motown motown song mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of hands involved <laughs> yeah. so you so watch those documentaries right yeah someone came up with the baseline they they did something with the baseline and it became yeah. a, a a big thing yeah. a big part of the song three writers on a song yeah everyone doing whatever they could to Ooh. make the song great right which is 
the the main you know that's the main goal, the goal for me the main goal i'm not like yo and if five other also, people can make money on it like and we all like make money and good music comes out right like a lot of these producers that i sit in sessions with are sitting on so much fucking amazing music but they can't put it out because they don't have an outlet they, don't, they can't put it out under their own name or whatever it may be and they'll play me records and i'm like yo i really want this record and we'll try and get it out and the label's like no can't we can't do this one we'll, and I'm, I'm like trying to put artists on it and they're like no and these producers that sit in day in day out in sessions like it's their fucking job nine to fives or even longer than that they're sitting on so much music so if we can be an outlet to facilitate that music as a dj then i'm fucking all about it mm -hmm. yeah salute salute round salute. two round two can't reach so i think <clears throat> yes i'm shitting on ghost producers <laughs> because I, I and the new thing too is you'll get on like Spotify you know you can see the credits on who works on records like you can right click show credits you're right that's yeah. you're Mexican bro I am <laughs> so I was just like <sighs> yeah so I, I think I think my, my whole everybody's turning red what do you drink Hennessy huh what do you drink Hennessy that's some mean, racist uh, shit huh <laughs> <laughs> I drink uh, I usually you said it to when me. I'm when I'm working uh, when I'm working uh, I drink Belvy Belvy yeah and okay. then when with I'm water like, or with a with a like a little splash of sugar free Rebel okay yeah. cut I that should out. probably cut Red Bull cut out. that out it's horrible I tell yeah. him the I saw somewhere that Double O Cool J gave you some diet Fuck Yo, I have. How'd you read? You're, you're good. You're not, um, so when we had those mixer meetings at Power back in the day, everyone there was like ten DJs. Maybe was this more. like Botox, LO Cool J? Yeah, uh, or fuck, really, really, really like, buff? Nah, this is like in shape. His book just came out about fitness and health and shit. So oh. he came in and everyone's. When, when, when was the Botox? Well, like, I don't even know if he had Botox, but everyone was saying he had Botox. Did Pharrell have Botox? I feel like the Botox was when um the Botox. They call me Big L. Did he have head sprung? I wasn't checking him out like that, but go ahead. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. He he came into the mixer meeting and he was like, yo, like talking about his music. I forgot. Maybe it was head sprung when it came out or something like that. But I was like, yo, um, can I ask you some diet tips? And everyone was like, what the fuck? And I was like, yo, you just came out with a book, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so give us some diet tips, because I'll like my max was 210. <laughs> I hit I hit like a fucking rough point of 210 pounds. Oh, so this is for this me. Is way back, yeah. So yeah, so and for and and uh he was well, like What the fuck were you eating? Car, uh fucking I'm about to every say, taco truck tacos? club. Were you Carl's still, Jr. Were you still in Eagle Rock? I was in uh no, yeah, was it no? I was probably I'm yeah, it was say, like the Tommy's right there. Tommy's burger I used to fuck up. And uh <laughs> he was like if you ever eat a burger, take the top bread off and just throw the top bread away and don't ever eat the f the bread that comes out at dinner. And I and I literally like owned up to that, and I didn't do that anymore, and I cut that out. And you lost like. And I, well, I started losing weight. The the time that I shifted to like really like drop weight, it's I actually said this at AM's uh, memorial. Um, AM had his surgery, and we we're at AM's crib, and AM's like, "I'm fucking skinnier than you, fat motherfucker." <laughs> I go, what? I go, no, bro, you're not fucking. You don't weigh less than me, no chance. And he's like, he's like, "Yo, let's go to the scale." So we walk over to his bathroom, and he fucking he goes on the scale. And he's like 203. And I step up and I'm 209. Wow, I remember damn. I look, I go, fuck. Wow. And he was so fucking happy. He's like, yo, you fat fuck. I'm fucking scared. And it was like, <laughs> oh shit. Big boy AM's actually like slimmer than me now. And I was like, fuck, I gotta start doing something. 
What was that? What was that relationship? <laughs> what was Damn. that relation like? Relationship like with AM? I I used to kick it at his house so much, like late night, and he actually ended up living like not too far from me at the time. Uh-huh. Well, early back he lived like in Hollywood, and I was in my side of town. But like he ended up living closer to me, so I ended up just like meeting up after gigs and just kicking it there and like ordering late night food to be delivered and just fucking he'd be on AOL. AIM. I would just kick it with him because it was someone else that was that into like music and DJing and like. The life, the like, the culture of yeah, it, you yeah. know. Was this when you real? Was, was this when you walk in here yeah, the wall of sneakers and shit like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With well, the wall, that was the first crib that I used to go to the wall of sneaker crib. And then he ended up buying like a his own crib, and I went to that crib and something like that. So it was, but I was also a trip because, I mean, he was opening me up to a whole different like world of gigs and co-signing the shit out of me. So were you were you a sneakerhead like him, or did he kind of rub off on you a little bit? So I was. He rubbed, he definitely rubbed off on me. I went to um, Japan with him on his first DJ gig uh-huh. when he played Harlem in Japan. Yeah, and Harlem. I, yeah. I went with him to that gig, so he was like, "Yo, come with me." And, and you and just flew he, out. You just... I, I bought my own ticket. Yeah, we were playing Body English at the time, so I flew out with him, and we went sneaker shopping. And he started like really showing me, like, "Yo, buy this. This is a Japan exclusive. Buy this. Buy this." So I was already starting to like. Get more. I was into like SB Dunks early, like 2000s, like Stone Mesa. Dunks, By the way, I know we're speaking about mm-hmm. sneakers, but I think your crossover crew's outside, right? They are. Your guys from yeah, crossover yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Security. I saw you saying what's up. I was like, who's he Security. Security. Yeah, I saw. He's, they always come by when we're doing podcasts for odd reasons. It's like the third time. You just see him walk by. Like, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of avenues so to my we're, shit. We're, we're recording at noon right now, and... Uh, uh, crossover, you're, you're shopping uh, yeah, at the dude. Cosmo, right? Yeah. Right next to Marquee. Marquee. They carry some of our basics out over there. Yeah. So, like, some of our lines. So, By the way, what they is, come like, over here I to pick up some of that shit. I wear the basics. Yeah. What inspired you to start crossover? So, to, uh, 2000, was it nine years ago? Two, nine years ago, we opened crossover in Santa Barbara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like, I've always, like, I've been into shoes like that. And I was like, how can I get shoes earlier? And then at the time, with the partners that we opened up with, two other partners, we opened up. We got a spot, and the fucking floodgate opened. Like it was crazy because the year we opened it, I knew Arrow from Nike. Like I just mentioned him earlier. He you went to high school with him or some uh, shit. He, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he his cousin went to high school with me, and he used to drive and pick us up like after school. So when we opened Crossover, um, it was right when the f- like first Yeezy came out. So it was like oh, perfect fucking timing. Right. And that came out, and everyone in Santa Barbara came together. There was nothing like that out there, so everyone came. And then, like, seven months after that, Kobe was doing a camp in Santa Barbara, and I got to interview Kobe at our store. Mm-hmm. So the fucking store yeah. just, like, took yeah. off. And then two years into it, Cosmopolitan opened, and I was doing a walkthrough with uh-huh. the owners of Tau Group and saw the spot, and I was like, yo, I can open a crossover in Vegas. So I talked to the, the I guess, the management of the hotel, and they were like, I don't know how lucky you are, but there's one spot open and it's next to the nightclub. And was, I was like, yo, that's ours. Take it. Was it? Was there always something in the back of your head that, that said you wanted to have a sneaker store kind of a little bit? Or even a boutique store? Well, I just store? wanted shoes early because I was trying so hard to get shoes that yeah, I yeah. wanted shoes early. There was no business plan behind it. There was no right, nothing right, right. like that. Like, well, I remember mm-hmm. like when we when we opened new and then we had like our first event during Magic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the Beat Nuts were performing or some the shit. The Beat Nuts and the Alcoholics. Yeah. Beat Nuts and the we, Alcoholics? So we, yeah, yeah, we actually, we got the Beat Nuts yeah. and the Alcoholics Damn. there. <laughs> That's and dope. I remember I, I texted <laughs> Vice and I was like, yo, come by the shop if you can. And you actually were like, yo, I'm busy. Let me see if I can make it. Yeah. And then he came in for the first time and I think it was with your girl. And I think you were like, yo, like you saw the shit. 
and I think it planted ahead in your seat where you're like, yo, I could like, I could do this. We or can like, open Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Or like we can open a, like a, a sneaker spot or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Was this was this before Santa Barbara? Yeah. Oh shit. And then because I remember afterwards, you were so excited. Yeah. You were like, because I remember your girl came up to me. She was like. You know, it's one thing to be a DJ. She's yeah. like, but to open a store, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And then I think, and then she was, and then you were talking, and I think it planted a seed. And then, remember Ken? Shout out to Ken Davenport. Yeah. He was, uh, he was running, yeah, he was running our shop. Mm-hmm. And I think you were like, I think you hit him up or something where you guys were talking. I was asking questions. You were asking questions, yeah. I came and visited. I was asking questions because I was like, can we do this? Can we open a sneaker store? Like, yeah, yeah. But it definitely something I have was no in your head, right? My other partner had no experience. All three people had no retail well, experience. Me and never, me and never have yeah. no retail experience <laughs> either. <laughs> Sometimes it's the best because then you're just like, fuck it. Yeah, let's yeah. figure this out. Like, let's really work to figure But you this had out. that in your head kind of maybe because it was – because when we cause you, when you went to the shop, you were already like – the wheels were turning in your yeah. head. You are like, yeah. oh, shit. I These think, motherfuckers could do this. I could do I this. Could do like, this. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's, a, that's one thing that – you can't teach people is just to fucking go for, like go for it take mm-hmm. the chance like yeah, yeah. to 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 not think about like what could go wrong it's more like what could go right and right. really like mm-hmm. go forward so probably yeah seeing that shit like just, oh shit these, mo- these fucking djs are doing it too i can do this <laughs> shit let's open in santa barbara so we open in santa barbara and, and we're about to hit this is over nine years now of business and it's a fucking why, why santa barbara <laughs> So in LA, there's just oversaturated. We had there was no way you can get a Nike account. And my whole thing was, if we're gonna open a store, you only can open with a Nike account. For us, yeah, like, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can't Holy open crap. with the you fucking, couldn't get one in LA. You can't I mean, open with a Creative Rec account, and that's it. Like for us, it was like it's not gonna fucking work. And in, LA, in LA, you couldn't get one of those no, hyper strike ones. No, there were so many accounts all over LA that they wouldn't open you. And the the gap between LA uh, up to basically San Francisco was like empty. There was one store called Tradition, and that was it. So we were the only way that tradition like, in the Beverly Center. No, oh, and they opened in Beverly Center eventually, okay. but they were in Calabasas, Thousand Oaks. Or oh, okay, like that. cool, cool, cool. So yeah, so it's so really, it's like taking that chance of trying to fucking open a store and really figuring it's it out. It's not easy. Like, it's not easy. Not easy, and and also it's 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 dope to take those chances because I like all those failures. I have so many before but it's, this. It's scary because yeah. your name's on it. Yeah. you know, it's yeah. like it's like Vice's store crossover. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Still, yeah. still. So still. people are like, yeah. what about uh, how'd you come up with crossover? Was that it was uh, EPMD oh, okay. strictly underground funk beat the crossover? Yeah, it was okay. that, and then it, it the also basketball related relations. basketball yeah, yeah. relations and all that kind of shit. Yeah, that's so a good ass name. It all it all came apart came together like that. I have a, I have a question because uh, you're one of the few guys that has a Nike account. Yes. <clears throat> <clears throat> and I've heard so many horror stories with Nike. I love Nike, though. I don't want to yeah. shit on Nike. I'm not I love here Nike. to shit on Nike. Yeah. Send, us, send us 11, 11 and a half over here all day. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not easy having a Nike account. No, because it just keeps... Sw- all, the, all the good shit you want. So, wait, wait I, I want you to take us down yeah. the road of, like, yo, I'm opening a store. Yeah. And then, like, yo, I got we got a Nike account. And then you go to the meeting and you're like, Fuck. Fuck yeah, <laughs> right. You you want to you want to you want to eat you want to eat the prime rib and the steak over here. Yeah, you got to hit the fucking buffet down here first and take all that shit. Yeah, take all the take all the other. Well, shit I don't, I don't even it. think it's like that. I think it's like, oh yeah, you want a steak? Um, well, you got to get a you got to get a, you got to get this table and this yeah. table costs this much. Yeah. yeah, and after you get that table, you have to get you know you have to bring this many people to that table. Right, and right. then and it's just like nonstop, and then. 
after Swallowing all of these like all, uh, and feeding you. Then you, know, yeah. feeding you gotta you know. get the appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> and then after the appetizers, then you get the main dish. Right. <laughs> and then right. And by the time you're full, then they're like, oh, okay, we'll give you that steak that you finally yeah. wanted, right? Yeah, exactly. The, 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 I mean, that's how retail is overall. A lot of the brands I wanted to get, we couldn't get. Yeah. Like, and, and having Nike down the road, like, it was a lot of fucking work to try and keep them happy. And, and, and the, the more hype you have on the brand of your store, yeah. the easier it is, of course. Right, right. But as, the long, as you mm. longevity and the longer you're a, around, it's like if that hype's not around the store, it's like, all right, where else do we go? Like, who's the hot shit on the street? So, but I remember when, when Crossover opened, you guys kind of came in hot. Yeah, for, those, for the first two, I mean, for the two first two three, years, we, years, that's yeah. how we were able to be like, all right, let's open Vegas and, and come in. And still to this day, I, I feel and, and is that and this is my bragging moment. I feel that like we're in Park Place on Monopoly with our store. Yeah. We're in mm-hmm. fucking the coolest hotel yeah. on the Strip. Younger mixed crowd is, 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 is a little bit of... But for a long time, Crossover was like the only sneaker store in the in the in the in the strip that was kind of with the cool quick strike shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely. have like House of Hoops. And but the, now uh, there's Caesar now Club. if you it, when we opened compared yeah. to now, if you count the amount of accounts, well, you, you still had like Sweet One Sixty, right? I think that was it. But that was it, and that, that was like was it, off right? the strip. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was deep in Summerlin. Nah, but they didn't. No, no, they no, weren't they at Mandalay Bay. And when they Mandalay Bay, Mandalay. Think of how many stores. Think of how many accounts are up and down the strip now. There's so many. Yeah, Shoe Palace and. And I mean, yeah, but they don't have your account. But I mean, but they still, <laughs> but still, there's only a handful of okay, people okay, that okay. know what's so, cool. Wait, what, what account did you get? Because you you knew Nike, you knew uh, Arrow from Nike. Yeah. And then I know it was hard to get a Jordan account. Yeah. And what is it? A top? What is it? A tier, tier one? Tier one. Tier one. Yeah. Tier one. Yeah. How did you earn that? Like, how do you get that? I, I honestly think it was probably the fucking cool points of the fact that I'm out here DJing. And you're DJing, right? I'm DJing, and there was a. It was more than just the store. So what I'm is out the, here? So what is the, the tier one account? Gear. Like break it down. I, I think it was. I mean, it was more like the super limited exclusives. We only got them every so often, though. We weren't getting every fucking exclusive like every like undefeated gets. You know, to be real, right. like they get everything. They I, have that strength. They have that power. They have that brand. Like we were getting certain ones. And we and we have to fight for it, like everything else. You'd have to fight for those releases to come. Still to this day, you have to fight for those releases and get them in if we mm-hmm. if you want them. So I mean, yeah. the good thing about all this is that I ended up meeting all the Nike Entertainment reps, and now I'm on Nike Entertainment branding. Uh, so yeah, so, so like you the, get free shit, so like Epic Reacts and shit. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now like it opened the door to be like. Like I went to this motherfucker literally opened a store just to get sneakers. Yeah, yeah. 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 straight up. That's fucking <laughs> genius. That's, that's really what it was. Is it genius? Sir? Fucking genius. I yeah. Mean, fuck. that's, I really, I really wanted. It to sounds get like a big pain in the ass. Early. It you know, sounds like a big oh, pain is. in the ass. I'm gonna give it to Vice though because when I worked at Riff and that's when we met. Yeah. He would actually come and consign his old old shoes and use that credit. To buy new shoes. Oh yeah, I he like recycled this shit. I was like, "What? The? That's only a sneaker thing." Like, I wouldn't take the check. I'd be like, "Or my if maybe my son wanted yeah, 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 yeah. that." My son's the same. He'd be like, "Yo, just put it in my son's tab." I was like, yeah. "Okay, cool." <laughs> but yeah, but he would do that sneakerhead shit, which is like he recycled his old shit to his new shit. Yeah, but yeah. shit was. Uh, yeah, I just had to downsize my sneaker collection. That hurt because I yeah. was moving. I was moving houses, and and my son. And I went through the whole collection, and I think we we're like almost 200 pairs. Wow. And and my son's the same size. And Only 200? Like, yeah, I've, I've downsized like every so often. Like, yeah, I'm not that bad. What was the most that you had at one time? Well, I think ish. I've only been in the 200 range. I've really? never like, yeah, no. Yeah. no. I've never like, because I hey, wear. Well, how much did AM have? 
What was his collection? A fucking like? sneaker <laughs> warehouse. It was. I feel like he had a, a house. No, he a uh, house with nothing but sneakers. I think he had like <laughs> two bedrooms. No, full so of when shit, when right. when they did his auction of his shoes, I remember I saw a few certificates with over a thousand. Wow. Easily, yeah, easily. Yeah. It, it was crazy. That's crazy. Because some people would try to brought him to uh, bring him to Riff and be like, "Yo, it's an AM shoe." I'm like, "Yeah, but there's about three thousand of these motherfuckers out there." Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I got a question because yeah. I've always been curious about this. Because I've heard this shit Uh-oh. before. Um, if you got a Nike account, yeah, you got to open a checking account with a certain amount of money in it. Yeah, and Nike has access to that checking account. Yeah, and, and then when you when like an order goes through, or yeah. when you when they when a PO or an invoice goes through, yeah. they take their money out of that checking account, and then you have like a couple weeks or a certain amount of time to refill it back. To the amount that not it needs true. to be at. That's not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> not true. This is someone told me this shit where nah, they're like, you nah. have to keep fifty thousand dollars in an account, and nah. then they, they I mean, they, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's definitely they have they don't have access to the account to pull money. But there. they can they can monitor the account. No, no, no. They can't monitor it. They can't. So they can't it. just pull fifty. No, nah, no. Nah, they can't monitor it at all either. No. Nah. But I'm, and like every account, we we fucking go up and down with them. So it's, it's a regular checks and invoice yeah, and, and check invoice thing. And oh, check okay, things. okay. Yeah, One of the totally. scary things that I know boutiques have to go to is that you gotta pick shoes eight months in advance. Yes, yo, that's crazy. And I've actually tapped out on those. I don't go to those meetings anymore because you have to order. Because like, those, those meetings are fifteen hours, right? That, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I'm good. One thing is working at a consignment shop and seeing what's gonna come out in three weeks and be like, okay, that may be hot. Yeah. But eight months. Yeah, that shit no, is scary. No. Yeah, I, I was like on some like mustard yellow shit. I was like, yo, mustard yellow is going to be the shit. And we were like, that was wrong. Yeah, and it's <laughs> very hit or miss, right? I've talked to some of my Same boys and they're shit. like, yeah, you got to pick that early in advance. Something may not be hot eight, down, we, eight months down the line. We thought these Porsche Ultra Boost like Adidas fashions were going to be dope, me and me and my boy. And we're like, JJ, we're at the time in New York looking at them and we're like, yo, no, these are going to be fucking hot. These are dope. Like it's Porsche Ultra boot that we bought, like, oh shit, we're sitting on those. <laughs> uh, you can buy my crossover now, guys. They were full size round. But, it, but it's also the fact that it, you know, it shifted, right? Yeah. From Adidas to Nike. Yeah. Now, now Nike's back. Totally. I mean, I, I, overall, I think the good thing that I've learned from all retail and all that is just another avenue of business, of knowing, like, that outside, like, what you guys know is, like, outside of DJing, like, there is more to this fucking business game and I, and it's so fucking difficult to understand well, it's, sometimes it's 24 yeah. hours right yes. retail retail is 24 hours exactly. and 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 I, I talk to people and, I go, and they're like oh yeah you're working tomorrow and i'm like yeah I gotta, and i'm like wait my set's fucking two hours two and a half hours maybe three and you're like that's it like that's your show and you're done mm-hmm. we're like the retail game is like you're like you guys know what you're non-stop clothing production you're mm-hmm. there's so much mm-hmm. hours into it and i think that's why i work so hard maybe to keep DJing going because I mean I enjoy it and it's really three hours set like you're good you can't complain about and you're fucking get, working and you're getting good hours. money you're getting good money you're playing with you're playing music you're getting good money and you're enjoying it for like three hours yeah. where other people are like commuting I know we commute we travel I don't mind Wait, traveling w- w- let's let's make a margin of what's good money <laughs> <laughs> what is good money what's a good cap. Because Vice money is good, 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 good well, money. Vice is good, good, good. <laughs> I remember and I saw AM, AM, AM set that standard. Oh, one thing. AM set that standard. One thing though. that I read is that you got a million dollar deal at the age of 26. Yeah, yeah. AM set that standard. And, yeah. and he opened that pure deal for that million dollar contract. Right. And, and, the tr- and I'm very comfortable with saying it now that he opened it for me. Well, My you, work wasn't, I mean, I had to work more nights, well, but the contract was that. 
Well, you you were like when AM was number one, you were like you were two. You were number two, but I don't even strong I, two. I I'll, I accept that. And I take it. Thank you. And I don't know how that happened. I don't have a reason. Like, oh, I did this really? and I got. Come on. For what? For being what? Was it brand association? You're being, being humble right now. Do some Kanye shit yeah, right be now. Be ignorant. Talk your shit. <laughs> Tell me. You're... Talk your shit, motherfucker. How about this? How about the fact that like what you said when I would come into Vegas, I was the first one on the mic. I was like, or like, I was one of not the first one on the mic. I take that back, cause, cause, um, Who? War and Peace, and uh, Mr. But Bob, they, but Mr. Bob, no, were rocking it. But they wasn't really doing parties in the strips. True, they wasn't okay, doing yeah. like the hotel parties. That's what okay. I'm talking about. So, like, so, so, wait, War and Peace. I thought they were doing raw and shit, like. Yeah, it was it wasn't, I know they I mean, had like a local Ra party, dope. right? Raw was dope. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they were up there. I mean, yeah, it was like more local. I mean, I, more like um. I remember being there and seeing more like that. bottle service clubs. Yeah, you're right. You're I'm right. talking like I th- I think that what I was doing though was, it was, a step away from what AM was doing. Like I wasn't emulating his set. You know what? I kind of put it. I I feel like AM was like Batman. Yeah, and you were Superman. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah. A little I, bit, like we were, yes. Yeah. So, so I was also told. I remember one time they're like, by someone that was paying, like, you know, you're like the affordable AM, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. AM? <laughs> I was like, hey yo, I'll be, I'll t- be the affordable AM anytime. Bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll be the with that. I'll be the Walmart AM anytime, bro. But I also invested a lot into like my game. Like I hired a, a tour manager. Like there was like at the time when Vegas. Like I remember that moment. That was tough for me to be like. I'm gonna start traveling with someone else. I'm gonna mm. not be up there setting up my laptop. This is before the EDM wave and all that shit. I was like, I'm gonna not set up my laptop. I'm gonna not have to like be the end of the night unplugging my shit and do it. I just wanted to be like, how can I elevate the fact that they're paying me more? Does that really in? fuck up your night though, setting up your laptop? I just don't want it at the end of the night. I don't wanna be up there doing it. I wanna come in really? and I do this shit to this day. I'll go Dude, and I'm the, I'm, I'm the total opposite of Vice because I don't wanna talk to anybody. No. See, so I'll go around. Yo, we I go see, to tables. Like, I run around. You're the exact opposite of me. <laughs> Yo, I, when, we go see, when we go see Cricket, I don't even like to say hello to him because he's so in the zone. He ain't playing. I don't wanna, you tap yeah. him, he don't give a fuck. Vice, I tell you, when I watch you DJ sometimes, I get anxiety. Because there's too many people around so me talking people, to me. And you can't like I can't focus on the room. And it's just like crazy to you're me. Like, <laughs> sh- shaking hands. One minute you're in the Kissing babies. Kissing babies. <laughs> he's talking. He's having like full conversations with Yo, my friends. It's, it's still rocking the crowd. Yeah. And he's I'm still, turning around like yeah, ah. yeah, but the song's no, going I'm, to like the third verse. <laughs> and he's talking to some motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> and I want to go up there and be like, hey, just change the song. And like, get the fuck out of there, B. And he just loop, he loop, continues loop, talking. Loop, loop, loop. That's a skill in itself. Yeah, it is like, a skill. I yeah. always talk about that, that. I'm not that motherfucker that can talk. And, you know, like, people people take it the wrong way. They come up to me, and they're like, yo, what dude. up? And I give them this face, like, fuck off. But yeah. it's not fuck off. No, it's just dude. like, let me get back to the DJing. Yeah, like, I'm working. I'm the same yeah. way. You got to stay focused on the crowd. I can't really talk to anybody. Yeah. I just hate that. Just I'm like, multitasking. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Let me DJ. You know I'm telling you, like, Cricket You're is Superman. one of my good friends. You're friend. Superman. That's what <laughs> it is. <laughs> He'll be flying, taking selfies in the crowd, coming back to the booth. What's my kryptonite, though? You're, you know, I'm saying Superman. Tequila. 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 <laughs> and tacos. Yo, <laughs> Superman is kid-friendly. Yeah. He's, he's like, you, like you said. Yeah. He's, he he's, never becomes a villain. He's never no. a villain. He has this, like, you know, true justice, right, the right. American way. And then I am i don't know what the fuck I am. I'm like the Punisher or I'm like some, <laughs> I'm some really dark-ass character. You know what I mean? I get the job done. 
and but I don't I don't make friends along the way. You know what I'm like Batman, like you get the job, but you don't want the credit. Good enough to be Batman. I'm like I don't know. I'm like Hawkeye, or I'm like one of these like. Sub characters, sure. Cook is like in a full on sweat when he's DJing too. He got a sure, it's a workout in the. I don't, I don't make it look cool. I don't make cardio. It look cool. No, it's it's definitely like it's scary to say bye to you. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. When we, were, yeah. we were the other night. We went to Omnia. I was like, he's like, yo, let's go say bye to Cook. I was like, nah, let's just. Oh, Pete, you just dip without even saying like. Good, you give him a good wave from afar. Like, nah, he, gives, nah, he doesn't even give away. you a wave because you're nod. He's like, cool. No. But it's because it's you don't want to take him out of his focus. Yeah, That's my yeah, whole thing. Yeah. No, you you work. Yeah, I've watched. Well, I mean, so like back back to you with a with Am, mm-hmm. and I want to go back to this number one and number two mm-hmm. because when he passed, I always wondered if you felt any pressure to like carry the torch. I, I don't feel that I felt pressure. I just felt that because like, I, because from our perspective, yeah, yeah, we we were like. We kind of like turn to you, like you know what I mean. What do we do next, Coach? I didn't think that though. You know, so like when like Obama thing. passed, like you were Joe Biden. Yeah, there it is. And we like, were like, "Yo, Joe, what was what good? We doing, Joe? Yeah, yeah, what, what are we, we gonna do, Joe? Where's Osama? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I felt like that, but I was wondering, like, did you feel that pressure? I, I didn't feel it, honestly. I did not feel it. I I, I felt that. Did you like, know you had that kind of pressure from others coming towards you? The, I didn't feel uh, you know what I like, do I did yeah like I that did. look People like look what are we doing like, now but how did you okay, like, what like, kind of pressure was it like I wonder I think it was more just the fact that first of all I was fucked up like it bothered it like really bothered me like when he passed because none of us expected that right. at all was you like on vacation or you was I was on so I was on my uh, oh, I just honeymoon. got engaged I was on my engagement trip with my yeah. wife mm-hmm. and Adam had hit me a couple days before he passed and, and he hit me and he's like yo like that I was, I was like yo I'm going to Paris with my girl, I'm engaged, I'm going to get engaged, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's like, yo, take a vacation, Mexican, you work too much. You work fucking too much or something like that. That's like, great. take some time off or something. Like that. I was like, all right, like, cool. But he actually said it to me then uh, on text. And then um, when he passed, like, I was like, wait, what? No, that's not real. That's not real. Like, nah, no, no fucking way. There was like, no signs. There was no signs yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. I on, on my side, I mean, other people were closer to him than I was. I wasn't the closest person in the world, but yeah. he, I didn't see anything. I personally didn't didn't see one sign of being like, oh shit. Like, so you couldn't believe it at first. When like you we got to worry about this guy, or like, hey, like, are you all yeah. good? You know, like, cause he would. I didn't ever have to ask him if he was all good. I he had he had to ask me. Like he he's told me certain times, like, yo, you're fucking up. Like, right, right. chill out. I saw you at Body English night. You were drinking. You're like, yo, just chill out a little bit. Yeah. Or like or like pre. Oh, he would do that to you. Yeah. So or, he kept you on check. Kept me on check. Or pre my girl. Pre like that, I'm with my girl. When I when I was with my son's mom, like he'd be like, "Yo, don't fuck around, bro. I know what you're fucking doing." Like he'd call me out on shit. Like he mm-hmm. would just a, like a and I don't have I never had a, any friend like that. Right. Like that was like, oh shit, big like, brother. Yeah, I yeah, and I even have a bigger brother. But I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but Am would call me out on shit. Like Am right, would right. just check me. Like and yeah. I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like like make me feel like a little kid. Like uh-huh. fuck, dude. So you didn't yo. believe it when you heard the news? So yeah, so I didn't I didn't even see that coming. I didn't expect it. And when it did all settle and clear, like I didn't I didn't take it in the sense of like, oh shit, like now I have to step up. I just was more like let's respect the fact of what he's done and like where he's taken this shit to. Right. I didn't think like, oh, now here's my turn to come in and I'm just I'm I'm not that's not the way I think. Mm-hmm. I just more think like, all right. This is like what this dude, the standard he set. Like, yeah, yeah, how I can, honestly, I can't even fucking. That's the standard that I'm like, I don't see that where I can take it because he was breaking doors open left and right. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't like, 
I'm not breaking doors open left and right. I'm just DJing and trying to open a shoe store here and doing shit like that. But like, it's, his was more ground, his is more groundbreaking. He was doing different Coachella and everyone's like, what the fuck with Travis Barker? And like, there were just see, so many we, levels. We go back to the earlier in the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. When we talk about the guy who says, I, you know, I can't do it. Yeah. And you're saying like, I can't do it. True. So, so there is definitely and it, and there's, there's you know definitely what I mean? a side that I can do it. There you go. I yeah. like that. You're coaching me now. No, no, no. It's true. I mean, full circle. But he was. It was just he was I, I, breaking I, I, doors that that now they're open in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like there's all the EDM DJs. Well, I, I'm Coachella. just letting you. I'm letting you know we were we were championing you. Dope. You know what I mean? Thank yeah. you. You know that. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, to a certain extent, and you know, like we we were, we were looking to you to kind of set like you know. Not lead us, but you know, like set the tone mm-hmm. for like what the next keep the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah, to keep the ball like what the next when couple Shaq years, left, you know. <laughs> we looked was, at Chester Coley like what I we look doing at it now? like like Shaq to Jamie's Kobe. point, like when Jordan retired, it's like, oh shit, okay, Kobe. Okay, Kobe Here he he's that dude. You know Here what I mean? Comes. And he probably yeah. didn't feel the pressure of carrying Jordan's yeah. torch. Right. Yeah. But he the did. public was looking to him like this kid is seventeen years old, he's a Laker, like he's about to be the next dude. I I also feel that there's so much like different talent in DJing now like you see like the the J Espinosa's or you see the Miles Davis doing like routines of like Miles Davis I was in my jazz mode <laughs> I, was, I was like yeah. Miles Davis Miles Davis got a son <laughs> <laughs> sorry Miles no like you see like the Miles Medina and like mm-hmm. doing routines and all this and like and there's these three style battles now and there's yeah, these, yeah. like these Serato Serato battle DJs where they can flip shit and tone shit and there's the eight tracks and there's like I've always just been like yo I'm a party rocking dj and like i love like, it though i love yeah, that yeah, shit. yeah love so it. like i'm just more into like that lane of that and if that is championing championing it yeah then that's dope like i still have my residencies in vegas i'm still working i'm still djing like yeah. if that's carrying the torch and it's still open format in the way that i still play a little bit of everything and mm-hmm. maybe i go with waves and i bounce around but like i'm still working and i and i don't even see it slowing down for me right in, right. in mm-hmm. vegas and mm-hmm. i don't see like it's shifting like, oh, shit, I'm getting left behind. I still think there's a lot more that I can do in the DJ world as well. It's funny because, you know, when it's when uh, when AM passed and you were like, you know, we all were like, yo, this is a dude. The standards of what was expected from a DJ changed. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So like, we just explained how I DJ, right? I'm mm-hmm. not a charismatic like I'm not a I'm not a great host. Like I'm not, you know what I mean. Like you're I'm not pouring a shot for someone yeah, while you're DJing. I'm very much. <laughs> He's not giving shots to yeah. people in the crowd. <laughs> I'm very much not that guy. I mean, yeah. I can be that guy, yeah. you know, on like one on occasion, but I'm not that dude. Yeah. So I, we would DJ at the same clubs, right? And there would be this thing where, like, well, this is the number one. Why aren't you like him? Why yeah. Why aren't you being the host? Why aren't you being the promoter? And, and I remember having the pressures of like, yo, like, I got to fucking bring tables. I got to be like, I got to have people in the DJ booth and yeah. shit like that. You I think know what that, I mean? that came with just the way I DJ. I think it just came with the way I am as a yeah, person. Yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't my MO to like try and be like, all right, I'm going to get table customers to come see me. Oh, and no, I don't think that, that either. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, but I just want like, that was just, it kind of evolved. No, into it just like, gravitated towards that's you. That's the style yeah. I people, am. Well, people wanted to I want the table next to Vice. Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. want to be a part of that. The, but I do the, the stupid shit. shit. You know? Like, I played in Boston, like, a couple weeks ago, and I still, like, 
I jump out the DJ booth at the end of the night, and I'll like the table that was popping the most, like that was energy wise, like not popping the most money, right? But the people who having bought the, the table the having the fun. most fun, yeah. Like I ran up, I almost got punched like recently because I ran up on this table so fast that they didn't know who it was. <laughs> I swear, and this dude like yeah, and this dude kind of like turned and was like like clocked back a little bit and was like. The f- and I was like, yo, yo, I'm the DJ. And he's like, oh, shit, Vice, yeah, come on. Because I was like going down to them <laughs> hey, bud. and being like, yo, what's up? Like, you guys were popping. Like, yo, thank you. I'm Vice. I was one DJ. And, and actually, it was a couple months back. But they, they've come out to the last three shows that I played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they mm-hmm. and they and I truly did it just because they were dope. They had a great, they were like energy. The whole table was popping. Like, whether I, whether I was playing like some hood hip hop shit to some house shit, they were just partying. Yeah. And that's like dope to me. Like, that's that's why... I DJ because of people like that or because of a crowd like that. Like, and I, and I appreciate that. Like, I don't, in LA, I don't, some of the nights I might play at like a cool club and no one's popping up and having a good time. Like, I'm right. like, fuck this. Well, how does that feel? I don't, I'm, I don't, I won't DJ. Like, I'm not into that shit. Oh, really? I don't really play in LA that much. And I'm born and raised in LA, but I don't really play in LA that much. Like, it's tape, like a, a, a night out and everyone's standing around and doesn't do shit. For you me. want that energy. Yeah. That's yeah. when I feel like I'm working. So if you, have a, like, if you have a hyped up Quintana coming on. Yo, shit's popping. I'm in. Yo, <laughs> they, the fellas laugh at me because I grew up in LA around the same neighborhood yeah. as you did. And those house parties were my shit too. Yeah. So when I say that, they clown on me. They're like, yo, you in the back backyard. I'm like, but that was the shit. Yo. The backyard shit. You pull up. You just set up. And, and he was flipping burgers and doing, <laughs> he was doing the barbecue at the same time. Tacos. Tacos. Don't you think though that for DJing still to this day, like, I always say weddings are the hardest gigs. They try, can't. Try they can be. You know why? Because you got to change your mentality. Yeah. You got to change uh, the way you DJ. Because when we do clubs, we have habits. Yeah. We have a uh, set habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we're like, uh, you know, we're like, wait, we here, were just we were just talking about this. Well, you were talking about this. What? The way me and Never spin, where we DJ sets based oh, around artists. They do like little time capsules where they uh, oh, that's dope. They do a fifty cent set and then they go into like fucking a south set, like yeah. snap your fingers type of yeah. shit. And I do that with with time breakers like two thousand five to two thousand seven, but they do it with artists and it just sounds so smooth. And a lot of DJs don't do that shit. Yeah, that's dope. Well, that's, that's a New York thing, I think. Very yeah, New definitely. York. But yeah. I mean, the that... first time I heard Riz DJ, yeah. I was like, "Holy fucking shit!" Yeah. And then what <laughs> is this? And then I'm a West Coast dude. That was dude. so dope. So yeah. I grew up on 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 even Vice playing at Power. So I grew up on the on the on the intro shit and all that shit. So when you guys do those just slam shit, slam slam, I'm slam. like, "Fuck! What the fuck is it?" Like I told uh, uh, Darren when I first heard you, I'm like, "Yo, he's just going." I Probably mean, one of the most prepared sets i've ever had was the first time i actually dj'd in new york i played etoile do you remember that club oh, yeah um adam lovelace club i know exactly what you're talking about and Where that was, was a hip hop was that like on a fuck i don't even it was a hip hop club it was like on 14th street i think so you probably know it was no, it was, it was know, right was by tourist. nearby lotus okay yeah 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 yes. was it yeah, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about because all i, I knew i think it's up is it is it up and down now no, 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 it's, no, no, it was no by the old Lotus. The um, it's right in the corner of. Oh, was it even a night? What was it? Nineteenth. It was no Ninth Street, Eighth for Ninth Street. Etoile. Yeah, oh, Adam Loveland. You know Adam Loveland or not? The promoter. I know Adam. Yeah. This is because I played that DJ battle, and then the second time he brought me back, he saw like off of that, and I was fucking freaked. Like what? Do you, I, all I knew is you guys slam records. That's it. 
Like dropped slam, it from the one. Slam, slam, slam. Like and on the whip through. Speaking of Jay Espinoza, I had a I had a discussion with him about this. This East Coast New York style of slamming records. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get this motherfucker on the podcast. Jay Espinoza. There's a there's a there's a there's an art. It's to it. it's definitely it's a New York thing. But you there's know an what art I mean? to it. I yeah. don't understand that. It's really hard because but, it if it just comes in so smooth and then. The other one fades but out. It, but I feel it's like not, but it's not smooth. That's the whole thing. Is that it's very smooth when you nah, hear it. No, 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 no. When you like, who's a great uh, a great example would be uh, Big fuck. Ben. Big Ben. No, no, like a, yeah, Big Ben. Big Ben. Ross One. Rock the Con. A lot of these dudes. Um, Riz. Riz. All yeah. of the greats. All of the greats. All of these. Uh, Cipher was good dude. too. We saw Cipher. Yeah. It's the fact that it's kind of raw and a little off. Yes. Is the great part of it. Yeah, a uh, little bit. It, there's like it's like a like a half second off sometimes. And you're like a little uh, off, but it's just rough. It's just rugged. It, it works. It's yeah, like it's natural. That New York. I mean, I don't it's know. like it's, a, it's just that, kind of like yo, like you're 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 just feeling like oh my god, he just dropped this. It doesn't even matter how he dropped it. It may have been a little off, but fuck that can you, was. Perfect. Can you tell a West Coast DJ versus an East Coast DJ fuck to yeah. this day right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. A, see, yeah. like I had this conversation with Jesper Nose. I don't really remember the whole premises yeah. of it, but he was saying like. Something about like West Coast DJs, we slam too, and I'm like, nah, y'all we motherfuckers don't, don't slam. Listen, we don't slam, especially in LA, because Power on the Six, <laughs> we, DJs, set, we set the standard. Yeah, we were intro base. Yeah, so it was never no slamming shit. So I'll I'll, I'll tell you that from from down LA. Jay, Jasmine knows when next time you in Vegas, hit us up, man. We gotta <laughs> yeah. have, we gotta finish. I gotta remember <laughs> what this conversation was, man. I I feel that it was so New York. It, it made me like prepare to be like, how can I be. How can I fucking fit in my set out there? Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was crazy because I, I played, and then I remember going to the bathroom after, and I was taking a piss, and some dude came over and said, "Yo, you're the DJ." I'm like, "Oh fuck, right?" Like, because <laughs> yeah. I'm by myself in New York, and I'm like, <laughs> was, "By the way, was this Savato or you?" Oh, it's vinyl days. Vinyl it was days, all vinyl, uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, "All right, cool, good set." I was like, "Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> all right, cool." I thought I was gonna mess some ass beat out here, <laughs> but it was it was like New York is rough. There's certain moments in my career where I like I fucking made it. Like I felt that inside of me, yeah, yeah. and that was that was definitely a moment when I finished a set in New York as a DJ, not at the bro. battle, but like as a DJ, and they were like, "Yo, you're cool." And Goldfinger was the MC. Oh wow! Oh yeah. damn, man! No, Gold. Sorry, Goldfinger was the opening DJ. And um, who was Flex? Was it MC? Frank Jigger? Frank Jigger. Oh. Frank Jigger was the MC. Goldfinger uh-huh. opened up before yeah, me. Dude, mm-hmm. that's cr- like that was mind blowing too. Goldfinger is one of the illest DJs. Yeah, and I went on ever. after him. And Frank Jigger is one of the illest, illest dudes guys on the on mic. mic. Pause. Yeah. In yeah, New York, <laughs> Yo. if you if you talk about motherfuckers on the mic like rocking, like this dude would be like Frank Jigger. Uh, w- w- must have been like what. At least two hundred fifty plus pounds, yeah. three hundred. He would be sitting down on a microphone. Get a chair. Get a, a chair. chair. Sit down. He'd be sit sitting on a. He'll rock the fucking party. So you see this big black dude sitting in front of the DJ booth <laughs> with like a drink, and he's just on the mic, Yo, and then chill. Everyone's dancing, and then the DJ's working. He's sitting in front of the booth like Tommy T. I see you, Tommy T. <laughs> we gonna take this back, Brooklyn. We in the building, and then like the song would play, and he would just be and talking over there. He used to be naming names of people that wasn't even in the building. Yo, shout out, yo, we got Madonna in the building. <laughs> so that was my first New York DJ experience outside of the battle. That was like, yo, that was fucking mind blowing. What, what was the what was the length of your set? I think it was like a two hour, three hour set or something like that. Isn't, I mean, that, was, isn't that also my fuck though coming to New York? Because yeah. in LA, everything closes at 1 30, yeah, 2 o'clock. Exactly. And then you got to do a marathon set in New York. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the, and I don't, it wasn't even the equipment that I used. I was on like on a Vestex back home. 
they had like the six the 12 inch mixer back that right, day. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the best setup they had and shit like that yeah so it's it was like that was like another moment where i'm like oh fuck i made it i'm in new york as a dj now <laughs> not as a battle dj as a fucking dj yeah that was dope many shit. many uh, moments like that so what's your is vegas still your favorite place to spin um I feel like Vegas and Japan. Japan. I don't. I don't even play Japan that often, but I just like the fact that when you're there, and you're playing, that you look around and everyone knows the words to songs and they can't even speak English. Mm-hmm. Like they know the words to every fucking Wu Tang record or some shit. And That's like, crazy. And you're like, what the f-? like? How much do you love this? They love it that much. Have you been to Europe yet? I've been to like London and like different places. How was like that? that. Uh, I, I mean, for me, like. As an open format DJ, I don't. I think we're too ahead, like of the curve. Being mm. in the U.S., like I just played Dubai like two weeks ago, and they told me to slow down, like because I was playing too fast. Oh, really? Like I was oh, whipping, yeah? like I was whipping through records, and they were really? like, "Yo, like my friend that lives out there uh, and and DJs out there, he was like, "Yo, just so you know, like play records a little bit longer.'" And I was like, nah, whatever. What are you doing, like a chorus like, or a chorus verse? Choruses of some shit, one verse before the hook. I was like going through records. So you had to like play two doing, verses? So they were like, and I could, and for the first 15 minutes, I looked around. I was like, oh shit, he was right. I wow. could feel it. And like right when I was shifting, they were like, yo, like slow down a little bit. I don't, I know, like, if, oh, I don't know if I could hear two verses of Plug Walk, man. Plug <laughs> Walk! <laughs> <laughs> what about like some Rihanna shit or something? Two verses and a bridge. Speed that so that's shit a little up. too much, man. Speed that shit up, man. So I still think, yeah, I still think I have the most fun in Vegas because it's like it's like our backyard, you know. Right. It's like playing a, a house party in the backyard and knowing yeah. where to take the night and how to. But how don't to you ride think it. you're so conditioned for Vegas? Yeah, totally, totally conditioned. Yeah, because the energy is high like, energy. Even like, even you saying like I don't DJ in LA anymore. It's yeah. because you're like literally, you know, a Vegas DJ right. kind of. Right? People think I'm a local here. They think I'm like from Vegas. Well, you hear all the time. I semi am. Yeah, I've been here. I've been here for 14 years now. More than that. Here's Are a crazy part. Yeah. I saw Vice's uh, Insta story or whatever, and he was running on the strip two days ago. Yeah. So right now, when you told when you, when you guys said, "Oh, he's getting off a flight," I was like, "What the fuck?" I go. I go back home. If I'm not working in Vegas, I go back home, and then I run every day of my like every day. I run. How many miles do you run? So it's I'm on this like crazy challenge because my wife started it, and now I jumped on it, and I'm like. I'm at like I'm uh, about to hit 140 days yeah. of running minimum a mile a day. So yesterday I ran like three miles, and today I ran a mile this morning. So every day I'll do like just minimum one mile, and then sometimes I'll push it. Are you doing it to the point where you're like, you know, when your body needs to do it, or you feel like you need to do it? You know what so I mean? So like I've learned this thing about like having a daily practice, and some people meditate, and some people journal, and some people whatever do they they do their thing and mine has now become running so i run every day and i I actually have kind of learned that like no matter as how my day ends up at least at the end of the day i could be like at least i fucking accomplished running a mile Mm. or at least like you know like some people like like i I actually watched this this ted talk video and it's like navy seal he's like make your bed every day because at least when you come back to your bed and it's made you feel like all right, at least I'm at least I'm getting back to a made bed and that I did. Just like some little thing that you make yourself feel a little bit better. Because every day for me, I'm like, oh, I should have got this done. I should have got this done. I could have done that. I could have done this and could have done that. And I'm like, I get in my head like real heavy like that. I'm yeah. sure a lot of us do. Like, oh, I should have so many things I want to do. And like, and and at least now that I'm learning as I'm going down this this running path that I'm like, at least I, at least I ran a mile or at least I ran two. Or three. How long you been running for? 
I mean, uh, the first uh, maybe like five years now, six years or something like that. I've no, done like a couple. But don't halves. you have like a day? You, you oh yeah, I'm, I'm on day 100, like 138 right now, or 139, yeah. something like that. I think it's 139, which <laughs> wow, is every man. day. So even when I went to like <laughs> Dubai, I dropped my bags and like ran down oh, yeah, the I saw fucking that too. street. <laughs> what? Yeah. And then he was on that. Ta- you can see the tower. Yeah, the, 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 the yeah. Burj Khalifa. Like I just like so, and it's also kind of dope. Like for me now, like I I got, feel like I sweat out the tequila, but I also see like. The city in a different way mm-hmm. like i'll go to miami i drop my bags i'll run and i'll just fucking go nike and hasn't hit you up on something like no but that, that's what i send me they send me shit now they'll send me like the i actually just did this crazy uh undisclosed location that nike has in la that they train their elite athletes at like kobe and like lebron all these people like whatever their athletes like to test them for their mileage for their um sorry for their like their strength jumps their agility yeah. and all this shit and they, they had me go through the test it's fucking crazy oh, shit, almost like a, like a combine it was huh? crazy yo it's crazy it's just this place called yeah i don't even know if i could say the name no, it's called, not yeah. yeah but it's like <laughs> an undisclosed location that you pull up to that nike has and then after i went through it all then they laced me with like the off-white air vapor air maxes and like oh, all wow. this running gear and shit like that Damn, but they man. like Tested my agility, like some Rocky Four shit. Dude, that it was, they did to what's like, his name? The, yeah. <laughs> the Russian, the Russian. Wow. So, but what was crazy about that? Yeah, like I did that, and then like I ended up that same day because I was so mentally pumped. I broke my my my, my uh, speed for like the fastest mile for my personal goal. Honestly. So I like I be, which I've been trying to break forever, and I couldn't break it. I, Got all in my brain. I fucking hate hearing about uh, healthy, athletic motherfuckers. You know what I mean? As I drink tequila with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking people talking about how much they ran and shit, man. <laughs> but I, I think for me, though, it's just like more like to keep my brain. It's like my, it's my meditation time, I guess. Just yeah. to fucking get outside and be like, oh, okay, cool. Clear your head. All right, let me yeah. clear my head. Mm-hmm. Like, just to, like, take a step. Some people take a nap. Like, maybe that's their thing. Like, I need a 20-minute nap or whatever. Why are you pointing at Darren when you say that's their thing? I'm like, it is <laughs> I take naps. I fucking... Darren is a fucking professional sleeper. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm down for naps now. I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, so I'm like, oh, yo, you definitely naps nap. are golden. Shit. Naps are yeah. fucking... I brag are, about naps. Are you on the vegan? No, actually... Shit, vegetarian life or... Sounds so... I'm, I just watched this documentary called What the Health, and it fucked me up. Oh, yeah. yeah I saw that I shit, I saw too. that, yeah. Fuck. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck. How crazy is that? Don't watch that. I don't want to endorse... No, I just... So right now, I'm just trying for one month to do no meat and see how... I, I fish, but like... I, I don't eat red. I haven't been eating red meat for years, but yeah. Wait, what I, tacos do you eat? I eat, well, I eat al pastor, <laughs> pork. Pork's the other white meat. Yeah, That's yeah. what we learned as kids, didn't we? Chicken. Yeah. Is pork red meat or not? I've Google searched the no, shit like, out of like this. No, like you said, it's the other white meat. But that's I a marketing campaign. A, I just yeah. read about it. And and what does that mean, the other white meat? It's it's that's what it's, like, like you, you said, said like that's a marketing campaign. But is pork really white? Is it white meat? It's, I read that anything that's livestock is considered red meat. Yeah. 100%, yeah. Damn. It's, yeah. it's a marketing campaign so pork, that we believed when we were is. young. Yeah. Pork is red meat. Yeah. but they And, and no meat's... Let's get a health talk now. What the fuck's happening? There's a DJ talk. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the thing about DJ is that we don't focus on the health and like, you know, shit like the that. The wellness side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. just party, party, party. And then when you get sick, you have yeah. no insurance to cover you <laughs> because you're a fucking DJ. No, it's 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 just a... I'm trying to just balance, bro. That's all it is. Because I'm hitting 40. Did I'm you hitting get, 40. But did you oh. get pressure as well when uh, when you had the daughter? No, no, because I had my son. I have a son. I have a 19-year-old son. So my son's <laughs> quick is like, wait, what? Yeah, my yeah, son's 19 son. already. So so I have a 19-year-old son in, in college that's a, a sophomore in a frat house. 
Uh, Does he and, want a DJ? Nah. Oh, actually, I just gave him my controller, my other my other uh, Pioneer Serato controller. Yeah. So he took it back to the to the campus. I guess he's starting to learn now. Yeah, Yo, you know he's see? DJing those fucking he's parties, DJing, bro. Yeah, he's DJing. He, he want to get some ass. He should become. <laughs> he should become DJ Son of Vice. DJ Son of Vice. Son like of that. Vice. Some Lord of Lord of uh, Rings type of shit. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I, I I think that uh, if I never taught him how to DJ, so I never pushed it on him, and I never. No, I never try to make him become a DJ. I think mm. if anyone, if, I think you got to find it yourself, right? Ish. Sorry, I think that's important. Think so. Did anyone yeah. push it on you to become a DJ? Oh, uh, no. No. Nope. I nah. mean, you see it with athletes, like the sons of like these when, great athletes don't do well. Yeah. It's almost like, like they feel obligated or feel pressure. Like Michael Jordan. you guys kids, have kids, huh? Well, no, one, no one ever kids. pushed DJ on would us. You, would no you, one that, no. we were like, we were like misfits. Like, would you, you want to be a DJ? Like, it was like you're a loser. Would you make your kids, would you be like, yo, I need you to teach her a DJ? Like, well, I have know. a niece that I live with now with my, with my, uh, with my yeah. cousin. And she's throwing the baseball really hard. She's three years old. And I tell him, yo, we're going to put him in sports. He's like, no, she got to do valet. I'm like, no, she's playing baseball. You you embrace what the, what you like. She's she's tossing that fucking ball across the room pretty strong. If someone embraced the fact that I was this into DJing and music when I was in high school, knowing that my grades were fucked up, like if they would have embraced it and been like, hey, you're fucking up in every class, you should be in band class and learn how to how to play some instruments or do some yeah, shit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have fucking done that. That would have been dope. I would have been like, yo, like, cool, at least it's around music and I'm... Getting a good grade in this instead of like basically almost failing every class and kind of getting by, you know, like if, if people embrace at a young age, that's what I feel. If they embrace what your passion is, like you can go a lot further. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. You, did anyone, did anyone like, how, how old did you start DJing? Crooked? Me? Fuck. I mean, I started like maybe 11, like I saved up for my, my oh, turntable shit. Oh, so you were shit. early too? Yeah. Yeah, but like I... Was anyone embracing it? Like, yeah, nah, you should feel it, it. It was like nah. my mom would throw my records <laughs> in. Like, nah. I grew up in sports, so they're like, yo, football, yeah, like, football, football, football. Same here. Like everything was pushed around sports. Yeah. So I was like, I started DJing at like 17. So later. I started at yeah. 16. But it was just, it was a thing I just did for fun. Like I saved up my own money, but basketball and running track, like that was what was pushed yeah. on because I was always yeah. so athletic. My dad was the coach of all my like elementary school teams, and I was the kid getting like hit and hurt and crying on the <laughs> sidelines. And, like I don't want to play, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I is was it, not the sports dude. Is no, it different yeah. this time around being a, a dad for the second time? Yeah, 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 hell yeah. Because now like I was in grind grind mode. Like when I had my son at ni- I had my son at nineteen, so I was like that was like the juggle mode of trying to like be there and raise them, but trying to work and stay up all night and work on music and do this. So it was like, I was there, but I really, really wasn't present. So now it's more like when I'm there, I'm present. Like I'm working really hard to turn my phone down and like put it over here. And like, if I'm home for like, I flew home Sunday. So if I'm home for the day, it's like spend time. Like don't be on your fucking phone and Instagramming and Twittering. Like, of course I'll maybe I'll put up a picture of her or do something, but I'm not like, replying to emails and checking texts and trying to do all yeah. that like i try and just like all right here you go yeah like, this I is s- your five I saw, hours i saw that first hand when you went with him to riff yeah it was like there was no phones in his hand and you guys were like off oh, looking I'm at engaged. shoes by yourself yeah, yeah, yeah i don't let i don't let my son use his phone when we're eating fuck that we didn't have phones when we ate like we conversate yeah. even to this day like when we go to dinner in vegas i don't know if you guys want to join me on the next dinner but we put i i try and get the everyone to stack? put their phone stack down <laughs> fuck that like Really, how important is that phone for like two hours of sitting at the dinner table? Yeah, and then who that? What, the what, what are your dinners like now? How many people are there? 
It's like 17 dudes. Yeah. Why would I ever want to go there? Because <laughs> there's a comp to it. <laughs> well, yeah, let us know. Nice. <laughs> we'll do a podcast. Listen, I, went, I went to a couple of vice, vice dinners. Yeah. I like, yo, the worst part is that at the end of the night, everyone paying their check. Like, some yeah, people like, don't want to pay. <laughs> some people don't, some people don't want to pay their, their, their part. Yeah, like, some I'm people... Good. Like I end up always like overpaying They're for looking shit, at you though. like yeah, he yeah. got the he got a brand, he got a store, <laughs> he DJs, he's got money, he got it. Um no, I think I I, I still go to I'm doing a dinner tonight. I go to dinner before every gig. Shit. <laughs> Fuck where, where are you going on tonight? Yeah, the uh, fucking socialite a, over here. I know, right? The shit. I don't know how you do Teach that us, shit. Dude. Write a book and let us Vice, know. Vice, you don't really like these people, do you? Nah, nah I mean, yeah, I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Vice, nah. you don't really want to go to this dinner. You don't want to hang out with these the people. Mood, though, for, he he want to go to dinner, but he don't want to hang out you with these people. You don't want to be with these people? Do you talk to anyone when you're like eating and shit? Nah, yeah. We'll talk. You don't want oh shit. You don't want to be with these people, bro. Nah, nah, I I I enjoy I've been always a fucking people pleaser. I've been always out. I'm like always like maybe how you say I was the life of the party in the DJ booth, everyone's looking. It's like yeah, yeah. I've been that even like when I was like DJing, like when I was early, like I was like all about everybody kicking it and meeting up and practicing and DJing together or like when I try to like dance like or be boy or anything, like, yo, let's like let's get together in the garage and like let's all try and practice or like after school when I would practice DJing, like I'd invite people to come to my garage and kick it at my mm. parents' house. And it'd be like, I ended up, I remember I put a couch in there so people would just kick it and like listen to me DJing and shit like that. Like, so I guess it's just always yeah, but that's been a, in that's me. No, that's not a Vegas dinner. But I'm not you know eating I mean? with, no, no, I'm not eating with people that I'm just like, yo, let's, let's grab some influencers and have them sit with us at dinner. I'm not doing that <laughs> okay. shit. Yeah. No, no, I'm good. I'm sitting with people that I want to enjoy a conversation with. And if, you can put your phone down. I don't know. Better. There's some sketchy characters at that dinner, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm not at the promoter <laughs> table. You're tripping. I'm not at the promoter table. My table is like eight dudes you usually. Got some, you got some You got to have at least one or two sketchy I, motherfuckers I, at that dinner, man. No, no, no. He's trying no, to no. act like this dinner is just like a bunch of like like good people. There's some fucking no. sketchy people at that dinner, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on, yeah. man. No, 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 no. My shit's good. <laughs> Now I'm all thinking twice. Like, who did I invite to dinner? Yeah, see, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you just don't, you can't control that shit. Some nah, people just nah, end up coming nah, through. Nah, like, nah. who the fuck? They, is just, this they, just, they just pop up out of nowhere. It's like, who invited this motherfucker? Nah, yeah. I can't do the promoter dinner. I don't really sit. Do at the you promoter. wait for everybody outside the fucking restaurant, or everybody's just, just go? Oh, I'm here with Vice. <laughs> no, I, I usually do. I end up walking in with a crew all the time when I'm DJing, but it's not like I don't. This, this is entourage talk now. I don't roll with like a deep crew of like chicks and like all these bottle customers or anything i wrote with like five of my friends from back home or someone that's in town like i tonight i have like a dj that's in town and one of my other buddies that flew in from like denver to come hang out that's it they're not spending any money <laughs> at all it starts there it's, and yeah, then it yeah, just evolves what, and yeah. they bring a plus one yeah. table table for five and then it's table for 15 <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly anyway. So Yo, what's God good? Bless you. God bless you, man. <laughs> yeah. I can't do that shit. I don't know how you do that shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you do that shit with a smile on your face. Uh, it's, it's hard. Because I think, me, honestly, to this point, I think people think I'm faking that shit. You're just, the, you're Superman. You're the good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the good guy. Meanwhile, we hear Batman fucking becoming the villain. I think I'm Lex Luthor. I don't know what the fuck I am. You're Bane. We should make a, a, a DJ lineup. I'm Bane. You're yeah. Bane. Let's make a DJ lineup of everybody and their characters of who they are. You guys had the first... DJ, crew? DJ yeah. management crew, but y'all were like, y'all were like spreading the workout. You yeah. know what I mean? Where y'all were working together. I don't together. even know what it was. We were so clueless. We didn't know what management was. We didn't know what like 
we were just kind of like, a, I mean, who was part of it? It was like Stone, Graham, Cobra, right. Five, OB, and myself. Mm -hmm. We I, I think it was Stone or Graham's idea, like we should go to a playground and wear uh, uh, the Christmas Christmas costumes yeah, yeah, and go take pictures. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yo, it was some way out when of I shit. When I first moved out here, I'm like, yo, I, I would tell like my boys in, in New York, I'd be like, yo, these these dudes like. These guys just like they linked up together, they polyed, and they yeah. they created like this whole like team where they taking over Vegas because all y'all would be on a Friday Saturday, yeah. all y'all would be spread out, yeah. You know what I mean? It was the beginning of at that time, uh, you know, scam artists, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, and and scam artists coming into Vegas, right? Yeah, because uh, I I feel I was the first one out of the scam crew to come into Vegas and open that door, and then like. Scratchy used to come with me. Um, who else? Deluxe used to come and open with me, and we yeah. all were just like coming out here. And then that's how we formed that Abe Broman. But like that was when, like you're right, that was when I was like a DJ crew kind of coming in, right? And we weren't like, um, and we were party rockers. We weren't like a battle crew, and we were just like, and we were also like a unit. You'd always see us like yeah. in the DJ booth drinking together, partying. You guys were like the Rat Pack a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the Rat Pack. Yeah. Was, uh, was you all on Scam at the time? Yeah, I was on Scam since day one so like uh it w i was even on scam before it was scam it was a different agency or it was a different partnership that that uh that they had it's that that i moved over with sujits from yeah, yeah. so I, I was rode that way for a long time what's your relationship like with sujit because i could i could be honest with you i mean everyone has their own take on sujit <laughs> you know what i mean my old roommate no, because we lived together in New York. We had we a did. place in New York yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Sujit is Sujit. And, and, and I always even say it to everybody. I'm like, I didn't leave Scam because anything was wrong. Yeah. I left Scam because I wanted to grow and, and challenge myself once again. Kind of from all this podcast, you can see, like, I'm always throwing myself, like, into a situation, like, getting off the radio. Am I going to make it? Am I not? Like, yeah. how can I work harder to make this shit pop? And I know at Scam, the truth is I was super comfortable. Like, gigs were there. Like I knew that I could work five nights a week, six nights. Like it could work all the time. Mm -hmm. So, and it was also like, all right, how can I get gigs that are going to be a challenge for me to get? And it sounds kind of sounds dumb and like sounds stupid. Like, oh, that, that makes no sense. You already have gigs. Just stay with your gigs and yeah. keep going. But my my the way I think is more like throw myself out of the comfort zone. Right when I get in that comfort zone of too like, uh, I I really wasn't working hard the way I wasn't releasing music. I really wasn't releasing music and going to sessions with producers and trying yeah. to work with songwriters i was just kind of like cruising it was good i was cruising but i was more like how can i throw myself out of that comfort zone and the crew had grown so big that yeah. it was more like it wasn't like i was leaving the brotherhood because that whole little early crew of oh, like so you're, you're talking about why you left scam yeah yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. i'm saying like i'm saying like this is the reasons why like i was more like get out of your comfort zone you're super comfortable here it's not like anything's bad because that's the truth. There was nothing like, yo, your gigs are fucking up or like like, like the whole management of everything was fucking up. It was more like, how can I just push myself to grow? It sounds crazy, but that is the truth. Well, well, did it, it, was it because it also like it grew and expanded at such a rapid rate that you didn't have like, I mean, I guess you didn't have like control over who you're being branded with? Yeah, that's definitely part of it too. There was just... It was just bigger than it was. Originally, it was more like we'd all say like, "Oh, is that person cool? Should we all have them in scam?" Like, is that? It was like yeah, a, it, it was like it was, yeah. Because in the beginning, I remember like even when I first got like when I first signed a scam, yeah, Suju would like hit up 
three to five other DJs and be right. like, yo, what do you think about bringing Crooked in? Yeah. And then, I said no. <laughs> yeah, he said that shit with a straight face. <laughs> so then, so then it, you need like a cosign from yeah, everyone. There, exactly. There was a cosign. So but the, the I cosign think, definitely, yeah. But, but then it just became like this a, this huge agency where, you sure. know, like Everybody's we, we didn't, yeah, we, I mean, it became a bigger thing where like we weren't a part of it anymore. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you that. Know, I agree with that. Mean? And I and I, I was still riding the the wave of that, but I was still more like, like I'm too comfortable. I was personally my thought. I was too comfortable. I was too like, this is just, it's just here. Like I'm good. Like I have gigs and they're here. They're like, how can I get myself out of that? Well, do you and, think, and the branding do you think and the branding. I wanted to brand myself away. Like to be honest, I wanted to brand myself as, this is Vice and it's just Vice. Right. I was also a, I was brand affiliated with everybody. And also, I don't own Scam. I've never owned a piece of it. Like, it's not my brand. Really? But no, a lot of people think that. Like, I don't own, I've never owned a piece of that. Awesome. So it's not my brand. If any, my brand is Vice. Like, that's what it is. And Crossover. And Crossover, yeah. yeah. So I stepped away. Did you feel like there was just so much that could have been accomplished? Like, you, you reached its peak at I Scam? I definitely reached its peak. There is no, like, if, if I can say this truthfully, like, the whole AM question you asked like oh yeah. did you feel like you were number two i truthfully never felt that did i feel like i was number one in scam like with for the gigs and everything i did mm -hmm. i felt yeah. like i was i felt like the gigs if they outside of little john because of course little john's an artist and right, little john right. is john and jermaine is jermaine but like in the dj realm i felt like okay if it's gonna come it'll come to me first right right and mm -hmm. i also felt that comfort of it knowing that it would come to me first and i don't i don't like the fact that i'm not like working for shit like i gotta i gotta fucking work to make my to make it come to me right now where i'm at i have to work my ass off at the agency that i'm at because i'm at a lower totem pole there's so many other bigger djs in that roster that of djs and it's not even branded as the 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 roster but it's just where i'm at in my career like i have to work to get the gigs i want and what agency is this i'm at caa which is like a big agency overall in the sense of like Film, TV, music, production, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I think there's a there's a, a misconception on like management companies because yes. I'll talk to a lot of up and coming DJs and they think, oh, I sign a scam or I sign a, one of these man these agencies and stuff, and I'm gonna get gigs, and they don't yeah. realize like you get what you get, right? Like right. scam's not gonna get you shit. Yeah. You know what I work, mean? You got to get your own gigs. What Scam will do, though, and I actually want to ask you this, is that Scam will, and if you're prepared to work, and uh, when we talked to Rathikon, he mentioned this. He's like, if you listen to Sujit and you do what he says, you know, you'll you'll grow in your career to a certain extent. You know what I mean? I mean, look, it's, yeah. I, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I give Sujit credit. Yeah, he, of course. He, he I followed the wave, and I wrote it, and I did it, and I did it, and I did it, and I'm made to where I'm at. Yeah. Like, and, and then I was like, all right, what's next? Mm -hmm. because like i said it wasn't anything's wrong but like how can i challenge myself I, I feel like i was maxed out and like how can i go to the next spot was that hard to leave scam of course because it's like that's another point where it could fucking fall apart and fail and like the same way of stepping away from radio it could all fall apart and be like yo they're not fucking with you in these hollywood clubs and then you try and go back to radio and you're not really there anymore then it's like all right i'm back to just like being the club dj of trying right. to get gigs you got to make it work so yeah. yeah so same thing even right now but like what I, I mean was it hard on like a personal level oh too? yeah because i'm yeah because it's, it's crew like everyone's still friends but i know that out because i'm the people pleaser but outside of that like i know that i'm still 
cool with everybody. Like yeah. I'm still around, so I'm still around all the guys that are on the crew still too. It doesn't uh-huh. mean like. It's not like a gang. Like I got jumped out. Was Suja upset when you decided to leave Scam? Or I mean, yeah, I, definitely because it's it, we've had a deep relationship. We've had a long relationship of of being friends. So it was, of course, like us breaking up at first, and then us being good. I and mean, I was at a wedding the other day and sitting at the same table with him. Like we're like we're cool. We're throwing shots back. Yeah, yeah. like it's mm-hmm. all good. Like really, like I'm the way I think. It's like come on, really. Like is that serious? Life's bigger than fucking this. You know, mm-hmm. like there's more. I mean, there's more to it than just the work mm-hmm. side of shit. Right. Yeah. That's how I am. Yeah. And I even said that. Yeah, that's how I am. AM never approached you to go into Dexter. Yes, he did. AM tried to get. Yeah. AM tried to get me on Dexter and asked me to be down. But like I was just more loyal like that. The fact that I that Suja had brought me to where I was at and I wasn't just going to jump ships and be like because we were still growing like it was still moving up. And I was just like, I did, can't. Did you feel a competition with Am sometimes? Never, bro. Honestly, no. like this is the truth. I was more just, I was more like student, because I I learned so much off of the way he was DJing. Like, and it was so dope because I would been DJing so long and learning again. Like to be like, how does that fucking record work? Like, how do you play it at that break and it's working? And it was records that I just never got to play before. Mm. So when I started playing like those gigs, it was like a refreshing challenge to be like. And I was still on vinyl, so I had to dig out the records and like start playing album cuts and shit like that, like off '80s records and shit. So yeah, it was yeah. like yeah. it was a challenge again. Like I love that, I love that out of your comfort zone and try and make the shit pop. Mm. So it was definitely never like a competition or anything like that. <clears throat> I, I didn't feel that. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's. I think it's it's crazy how, like you said, like before the management companies, before mm-hmm. all of that stuff, it was just very like on some like we didn't really know the potential of business no yeah. hell no and we were just kind of like uh yo get on get on and all of this stuff and i think you know i think the management all of that exclusivity and all of these things yes, changed, changed a lot it. of shit yeah. changed it but yeah. I, I think that we're the we're the rare few that are still doing it because we actually fucking love to dj yeah like yeah. Yeah. we like dj or else we went, like there is a big wave of when djing became popular that it was like i want to dj because that shit's cool like I, I always say, I'm, I'm probably pretty sure we can agree in here that we weren't fucking cool when we started DJing. <laughs> like it wasn't for me. It wasn't a. You weren't like, oh fuck, you're a DJ. That's dope. Like and maybe it was in New York, but not where I was at in LA. Like really. it was just you were the dude <laughs> yeah, in the corner nerd. playing some shit, and people were coming up to you requesting all night, and you were like, even at a house party, like it, it took time to become like, oh shit, that's dope. You're a DJ. Like I remember still. Like when I started dating girls, like, oh, you DJ? That's yeah. it? Like, what else do you do? I'm like, no, I just DJ. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you get kind of like, to play music? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, weird. You know what? Not into anything else? I'm like, nah, that's it. So yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think that that's like, I mean, that's the, that's the vibe that I grew up on. Shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, Vice, uh, we appreciate you coming through here, man. All day. I have oh. one more question. Wait, I yeah. think never had a. Never had a question. Never as has well. a good one. Which one? Uh, the, the Tumi. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you about your um your Tumi bag. Oh yeah, the back. I came yeah, up with a yeah, DJ bag. He was like the first DJ I know with that the light on. Only DJ I know that had a, a Tumi bag. Yeah, yeah. Was, it's the well, same yeah. thing. Like I talked about the tequila and branding. It's like I chase these brands. Like these brands. I, I'm not at the point where I, like where they I feel you. that these brands are gonna come to me right now. Or I keep that mentality. 
that these brands won't come to me, so I got to go to them. Mm -hmm. So I think I saw a lot of us uh, who had maybe it was Deluxe or one of some of us had like a DJ a Tumi bag, just a regular backpack, and I was like, "Damn, that bag is dope." And he's like, "It's leather." It's like that. And I was like, "Oh, that shit's dope." I'll hit them up, and I'll try and find someone. And my and my boy Neil Jackson, who you guys kind of know uh, from New had, York, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Neil yeah. introduced me to someone that did branding with Tumi. Wow. And I was oh, like, wow. can I have a meeting with them? Like, can I come in and sit? And I got in there and I showed them the bag. I'm like, I use this bag as for a DJing. Because I bought it after, after Deluxe, I think, had it. And I was like, I use this bag. I use it like this, this, this. And they're like, this is like an old man's business traveling work bag. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a DJ bag. This is here. This is here. And if we can adjust this and this and this, it'll be a really dope DJ bag. And they're like what like and then we just keep kept working it and working it and they finally were like all right let's try this out so we did 380 pieces for like 500 bucks and they sold out like in four and a half hours wow so then after that i was like yo i'm in on to me so then uh they got bought by samson and everything got fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but like oh. uh, but now they're they're back so i'm, I'm starting out of curiosity to on, on something like that do you get points or like what do you get i didn't yo i didn't make i didn't make money on it uh, i did it i literally just did to make the bag just to do the bag and i mean they covered the cost and they did this. And then what was crazy was I had never met the CEO of Tumi. I was just working with the designer and doing all this shit. But when we sold out the CEO, I did the release at, um, what's Jeff's store in New York? Staple? I just blanked out. Reed Space. I did the release at Reed Space in New York. And the CEO of Tumi showed up. And wow. he came to Reed Space to like shake my hand. He's like, hey, congratulations. You sold out your bag in four and a half hours. Looking forward to working with you some more. Nice. And I was like, and he, that's all he did. He came in. It was like such like a like a entourage or billions <laughs> moment. Like, hey, that's nice to meet you. Wow. We're going to do some business. Uh -huh. And then took off. And then later they were like, hey, we want to produce more of these bags. Let's, yeah. let's just produce more. They're, they're selling. And, but I was like, nah, we sold 380 and it was limited. And I pushed it as a limited edition. Like, you don't sell more after that. Like, right, right. And then they got bought and the transition happened. But it was dope because once again, it was just kind of reaffirming that I'm able to open these doors with these brands like if i can if i if i know i can do it i can fucking do it just like my sound <laughs> find that sound um, just like the sound pushing for i mean moving forward for yeah. the dj culture do you feel like you gotta like you want to do something like even like an affordable thing like a jan sport and make a dj bag or what do you like is there anything you want to do to push the, the, the I, dj culture I forward i think after doing this podcast it makes me want to push forward as a dj because it's been a minute since I sat down with like a DJ crew. That's why this is. That's why I want to do the podcast. Yeah. yeah. As mm -hmm. and is because I feel now I feel weight on my shoulder because you were like, yo, you know that he looked at you next, and I'm like, yeah. I've I've felt that maybe, but I've never been told it. Right. Like I've never been told it until I sat in this room and everyone and you guys look at me like, yo. Like what's next? Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh wait, hold on, because, <laughs> I, because in a way I gotta you, run with my daughter tomorrow. <laughs> because in a way you do kind of have that, you know, that position where you can make yeah. those moves. So as I'm saying, like even making your own DJ agency, if probably like, some exclusive yeah. shit like that, yeah. you feel like you, I, I feel like I honestly, I feel like I want to like help more because we didn't have this help at a younger age, like uh -huh. DJing. <laughs> like I got like there's this DJ Michael Paul, and he's like, I think he's like. I met him when he was like 12 or 13 and I kind of keep him under my wing and like I mailed him headphones the other day and like <laughs> shit like that. Like to try and like help DJs to come up because or like Tina T does her camp spinoff and I'll go out there and like speak or something like that. Right. I think mm -hmm. it's more on that level where it's like there's such a new wave of DJing coming out that if we can actually 
help or guide them in some way, mm-hmm. then I, I want to try and do that. So maybe you're right. Like maybe it's a more affordable. I'm still down with Toomey though. Hold on, I don't know if I do dance. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. You know, like uh, Jazzy yeah. Jeff just came out with his. Uh, like he designed that one uh, controller. Oh right, and yeah. it's like two fifty, and I'm like, dude, that shit's mind blowing yeah. because. Not even a fucking Serato box when I started was that much. That's exactly, yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of doors that I just got to keep pushing. Like I do that electric taco show where I roll around and get right. tacos with mm-hmm. different, and, I, and that one's more just about like a positive spin of like how you came up on your career and what it was that took you there. Like everyone from Roy Choi to being a chef to Travis Barker to George, George Lopez. No, no, as a maybe comedian. next time we're in LA, we could be on your episode. There you go. I don't know if I have, <laughs> enough, <laughs> have enough room. Yeah, yeah, we got seats. We got seats. <laughs> got seats. You got seats in the Tesla. Yo, can yeah. can we just like, can you just confirm for me what the best taco spot is in LA? Because oh, I you, sorry, not in LA. Can't. Sorry, not LA. Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Because I would say, uh, what's the one right there next to the win? Um, tacos are gordo. gordo. Tacos are gordo. gordo. Yeah. Gordo. No, there's some gordo. Uh, <laughs> There's some across the street right here by the strip club. Like, it's really good. See how everyone gets, like, proud of their shit? They're like, no, 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 this is my spot. Well, in L.A., which was your favorite spot? Uh, uh, Tacos La Reina. It's on 7th downtown? and Mateo in downtown. You're in downtown a lot. But she got kicked out of her spot because the rent got too high. And so she, she put got a, a, she got a truck. truck right yeah. up front. That shit's legit. That uh, was have, that you had Leo's, have you had Leo's Leo's tacos? is, yeah, yeah. For, uh, uh Versace Hang Glide. I, I did an episode with Kyle there, Super Duper Kyle, uh-huh. and he told me that. He's like, oh, we're going to go to Versace Hang Glide. I go, what the, what's that? And, and I told him we're going to do Leo's. It's right here. He goes, no, nah, we call it Versace Hang Glide. And if you watch, they-, they Wait, s- what Leo's is that one? On La Brea and okay, Olympic, one. is it? Yeah, no, yeah. I go to the one in uh, Echo Park. Oh, see, there's 17 different Leo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like there's Alberto's <laughs> and there's Alfredo's and there's all this. Yeah. Uh, what do yeah. you think about Leo's? Leo's is legit. Leo's okay. is legit. Have you had uh, Becca's? In no, LA? see, see, this like Can't. gangs, bro. Tacos of Tacos <laughs> of LA gets really street. Now yeah. that's why I started that show. I Deluxe was actually the first person that I had on the show, and I rolled around with him mm-hmm. just to try it out, and it mm-hmm. worked. I got the idea off comedians getting coffee. Yeah, yeah. I hope yeah, I don't yeah, get yeah. sued for that. Mm-hmm. But like, I took that idea, and I'm just like, yo, like, might as well put some cameras in the car and roll out and like take people around and get tacos. Yeah. So it's been. That's just more branding again. Like, I'm always just trying to brand and, like, how I can get and enjoy it at the same time. Like, who the fuck doesn't want to eat tacos? And the people I ended up rolling with, I've learned something every time. Yeah. Mm. Mario Lopez, I asked him the same thing. I was like, yo, give me your diet tip or your advice. And he was like, yo, just break a sweat every day. However you do it, just break a sweat. I was like, motherfucker, you look like you're 22 still. <laughs> he still looks like he was just shooting uh, Saved by the Bell. No, that, yeah, that was a crazy one. That was dope. So, yeah, so, I mean, I hope that if anything, like, now after this, it's honestly, I feel, school. I feel some weight. Now, Beat Junkie's got that covered. Well, oh, yeah, I went to that shit. That's just pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I've, I've always had a thing in the back of my head about uh, healthcare. Yeah. Because I remember, like, uh, when I first moved to Vegas, I forgot, but there was a... I think there was a Japanese DJ in LA who passed for cancer. Or yeah. no, they were doing something oh, for fuck, what's his name? cancer. It was like DJ Hero or Hero. Hideo. Hideo. DJ yeah. Hideo, yeah. yeah. Oh, Hideo. Yeah. yeah. From the beat. And uh, I grew up yeah. listening to him, man. And yeah. uh, I remember they were doing uh they were doing like uh, some type of party to raise money for healthcare. And then uh, you know, rest in peace to like risk one. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of dudes and I always thought that Healthcare with DJs is such a shaky fucking thing. Like there's, you know, like, there's no 401k. There's no, unless you, unless you step up on your own, you're like, I'm going to invest the money into it. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. So I've always wondered like, if I was in a position or if, if anyone was in a position to actually maybe think about 
or like see like a what universal health care for DJs. Like yeah, where you like everyone pays like fifty dollars, a hundred fifty a month. Shady too. Healthcare is shady. It's magic. It shit. is and dental. Like I have healthcare and I have it for my daughter and everything like that. And I don't even take her. I take her to like holistic shit that I end up paying out of my pocket for. I'm like, this makes no right. sense. I have healthcare for her, but I'm like, I don't even trust the doctors that I take her to. It's like, the what ifs, I'm right? Go yeah, here. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, the it's what crazy. That you're paying but, for. but majority of DJs, it don't don't have it. It's yeah. the truth. And like, they don't have like. Any like known how to save money? Some maybe some we don't even learn that in high school. Like no one teaches yeah. you that shit. Yeah. Like no one yeah. has that set up. I wonder one of these days. I think like that would be dope if we could all like come together and like set up some type of healthcare. I would like, love for that to happen, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I probably take like what I don't know, two hundred DJs. Or You're probably not going to believe me, but I don't have healthcare set up. But I've been trying, like brainstorming an idea of like DJ kind of conference, but like not on some like. Here's the Serato and here's this. It's more like, yo, everything else outside of it. Like, like the fact in, that I've like been invoicing and shit well, like that. Yeah, like, that yeah. and the fact that I've, I trademarked my name before uh -huh. I really came out as a DJ. Like I would have been fucked. Vice Media would have crushed me if I didn't ever trademark it. They would have been like, oh, you don't have a trademark? You're done. Like change your name. Like that way. And, yeah. and a lot of people like don't have that trademarked. So right. there's just like, and I, I have the trademark lawyer that I've dealt with since day one. Like I've trademarked Electric Taco. I've trademarked all, all the, the life of No Hablo. I've trademarked just because I learned so early that like someone could come in and be like, oh, I'm going to trademark that. Mm -hmm. So actually I did get fucked is someone trademarked Vice Clothing before I trademarked, before I could trademark it. And they own that now. Really? So they, and there's no way to, like the dude wanted 350000 And I was like, are you, Ooh. bro, are you kidding Shit. me? You have a store in downtown LA that sells like ghetto t-shirts that like, yeah, that, like, and he, but, he owned, but he owns it. He took yeah. the trademark early. So there's the whole business side of things to, from healthcare to, yeah, to yeah. trademarking, to invoicing, to how management Retirement. should work, to how booking should work, like right. all that shit. Yeah. yeah. So I think it would be a, a good. Be interesting. Yeah. 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 Dope. Would you go? Huh? Would you I go? would definitely go. If someone paid me to go, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a live podcast at the event. No, I, I, I would go. I would go. All right. Free tequila on me. I would go. Yeah. Yeah. Tacos. I got tequila, tacos, shoes. You never thought of opening up a taco shop? No, that's... No, I, I, I do. No! I do. I think about it. I do, but then it's like, yo, like, fuck, there's so many good tacos out there. How am I going to top? But what about ones? in Vegas, bro? There's really none in Vegas. It's very... Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do a taco tour. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna do shit. a taco tour in Vegas because I have man. not. I have not properly done it yet. Let me know. I get my mom's recipes. We gotta go. There it is. <laughs> Street corner tacos are always the best. That's F what's up. Fucking Jamie, always thinking about his fucking food. <laughs> Speaking of that. <laughs> anyway, man, your right. vice. Thank yeah. you so much, man. Thank you for man. coming appreciate through. It. We Thank appreciate you, brother. it, brother. I broke the record of longest podcast. No, no, no. There it is. Thank Chop it so down much. to 45 minutes. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. out. All right.